don't say much when we're together or to someone's face, and then you'll say it in the confessional. First I say too much, and then I don't say enough. Like, I can't win with That's you, I can't win. No, yeah, it is can. direct. It is direct. No, it's I've not. Said to you, Dorit, it's very passive. And Dorit, it's really you, said, you. you said on. you want her to be direct, but then you accuse her of throwing darts. Thank so. you. I want her to be direct. I don't want her to throw darts. But throwing darts is not being direct, Andy. Okay. When you have an issue with someone, you look at them, you tell them you have an issue. Okay. You don't throw a passive-aggressive jab with a smile. So can I just say... Throwing jabs is not being direct, Andy. <laughs> you don't do it. You don't throw a little passive-aggressive jab. <laughs> now, what was the other word that she kept using? Passively provocative? That's the, like, that, that was her was terminology saying? that she kept using throughout the evening. I'm already of, annoyed. Of like the reunion, so. I need, I need Garcelle to step it up some. Like, do I, do I think that Doree and Rena like, constantly in, in what way? For what, in what way do you want her to step it up? So some? let me say, okay, I, and I'll tell you, like, let me say this. First off, it already doesn't look good that Doree and Rena are coming for the only black cast member on Beverly Hills constantly. It sounds a little, smells a little racist, number one. Number two. Okay, I don't know if it's that, but okay. It, it, it might not be, we'll I'm talk, just saying I, what I'll it I'll talk appears. a little bit about that in the okay. uh, episode, because I do, there was, a, there was a conversation about race that we can go into. Okay, and then secondly, what I need from Garcelle, she is not giving me. What Dorit and Lisa Rinna understand is what makes good TV. Right, And right. what Garcelle doesn't seem to get yet is that you have to have a couple packaged retorts ready to go. Like, you need to have something to be able to come back because what- I think if you're trying to fit a certain mold of Housewife that you think- But this mold is very boring. I, this, I don't think so. Oh, oh, okay, okay, maybe boring's not the right word. This mold, is not very, um, it's not entertaining. It's strategic. It is. It's strategic more than anything. And Absolutely. I wanna, and I do wanna talk about this a little bit more and we'll get into it, but okay. we have so many topics. Yes. Um, on our very last- it's season finale Yeah, day. the season finale yes. <laughs> of Cold Pop. It is the uh, last episode, episode 25 of yes. season four. 25 episodes, um, we've been working. And so, yeah, we have, I mean, we have to talk about this. I want to talk a little bit about the Dave Chappelle drama that's been going Kyrie on. Kyrie Irving, we're going to talk about that. That's also someone that's been in the news recently. Um, we have lots to talk about. And so I don't want to spend too much time on this because we're going to get into all of it. All right, well, let's go. Let's, let's go ahead and start the show. It's me, Trent Rashad. And I'm Marcus Drew Steele. And you're listening to the season finale of Cold Pop. <laughs> you over there rummaging around, adjusting the chair. Yeah, get settled, girl. We got the I'm, season finale. Yeah, I'm getting comfortable. You know, you're making get adjustments over there as well. So, <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah, adjustments so we're to good. Make. We're good to go. <laughs> Garcelle, let right. me speak. Let me finish, Garcelle. <laughs> That's how she said it. 
<laughs> and at that point, there would have been no more show. <laughs> there would not have. Cause, yeah. That would have turned into <laughs> Wendy Osefo. Yeah. From Potomac. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Because Wendy... Wendy let Giselle, she said, I'm putting your ass on, on notice. notice. <laughs> she said, fuck Bravo and these cameras. Yeah. Don't talk about my family. So, okay, so we'll get to that too. How have you been? I'm good. I'm good. We are smack dab in fall. It's a rainy, it's like a rainy fall day. It I'm is. over here with my coffee and my Baileys. Having you had a heavy pour too. Sitting that here in my... Grand, um, okay. Grand Deluxe apartment right, in the sky. <laughs> the um, <laughs> yes, uh, there's so many things that we have to talk about with uh, Potomac oh as well. But for me, it's been a it's been a really good week. Um, I started watching Squid Game. How? What are your thoughts? I'm actually I'm really intrigued. Um, yeah. This way of doing um, a story in television is kind of a little bit newer it to is. me. It is. But once you get over the uh, the fact that it's dubbed with English voiceover. Once you get over that fact, it's a really good story behind it, and it's I think actually you can very, actually find it's the very entertaining. Like the subtitles, I think you can actually watch it with subtitles. That's what they were saying. I mean, no, I have no problem understanding them, but it's just because it's dubbed. It's like I know that this is not this actor's voice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's just like okay, but. I mean, once you get beyond that, there is some, it's a very entertaining story and it's definitely keeping me um, up at night. <laughs> so I will say that. Child, okay. It's a very interesting concept. You know, child, I, I, I would not be surprised if some shit did actually happen like this. Hello? Um, in the world today. Hello. So it's ve it's very interesting. Have you seen any of it? Or I told you I only, remember we talked about this last week. I only watched like portions of the first episode and that was it. There's a really good um, sub story in this, um, and I've so seen you have views, yeah. you have you know the main character who is kind of doing this mm -hmm. for his family, but then you also have a sub story of a um, someone from the law enforcement field. I think he's a detective mm -hmm. um, who's doing like his own solo investigation of this, and it's kind of Got infiltrated. It. And so, okay, um, there's mm. it's it's very heightened. Right. Um, in that sense, especially when it comes to his sub story, and so I'm actually more intrigued at the sub story than I am the, main the actual story. main story. Interesting, uh, okay. but really good, really good stuff. Uh, also, continuing with, uh, we have now moved into Beverly Hills reunion month. <laughs> it's four, four, it's four parts. So there will be yeah. it will be the, it will be an long. entire month yeah. long of the Beverly. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion, and we saw the very first episode this past week, which was very interesting. We played a clip from Tell that at the yeah. beginning. Um, Let's get into it. I, I think overall, what this is going to look like is kind of Andy Cohen and Bravo taking all of the feedback that they've gotten regarding Erica Girardi and Bravo's treatment of Erica during mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Um and kind of being like, we're going to flip it on its head. I think someone else, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to, if it was La Culturistas or if there was, no, it actually was Danny Pellegrino. Everything iconic with Danny Pellegrino. If you are a Housewives watcher, I would definitely um, recommend that. His recaps are pretty funny. But he kind of broke it down in the sense that, you know, 
a lot of people were saying that Bravo and Andy Cohen were going very easy on Erica. So wait, what was some of the feedback? Time. Yeah, that they were going very easy on her. That they really weren't asking her pressing questions. They were kind of editing things. She's so in like trouble the, with the law, right? right. Yes, yeah. and we've talked okay. about this um, on the podcast a couple of times. She, her husband Tom Girardi, yes. um, is actually in some legal trouble. Erica has not been charged with anything at this point, as it currently stands at the recording. Of, of this podcast. Oh, oh of our, okay. She yeah. has not been charged with anything. And I say that because this story is just changing so much. It's um, And so, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that in Woo Chow. But with this, there is some, um, what, how do I say? <laughs> there, There is definitely a charge, um, whether it came from Andy Cohen himself or from Bar- Bravo, to really put her in the hot seat during this reunion, and so we see the beginning. We see the beginning of that in this first episode. But I think one of the things that you were talking about before we got into, uh, before right when we were doing the intro, was this whole thing with Garcelle and Dorit and Lisa Rinna. Yeah, like, so I, just, the, I mean, I this can't. is something that we've seen kind of play out ever since yes. season one with Lisa Rinna. Um, that her and Garcelle have not been at the best. Uh, place in terms of friendship they have one of the longest friendships standing on the show they've known mm-hmm. each other in the industry for about 20 years and like her and Denise um, Richards as well as Denise yeah, Richards who was on the, was on uh, the show. show last season um, not on the show this season but uh, they've had they've had a, quite a rocky time mm-hmm. and I think Garcelle maybe went into Real Housewives with the expectation that she would have a friend and, in Lisa Rinna yeah. and then when that kind of fell um they dealt those two couldn't recover mm-hmm. what we're seeing now is this whole th- this whole um breakdown of her and dorit's relationship which to be honest it was already very finicky right. they really didn't have too much in I common other side really other than other. just being on the show together it wasn't right. that i don't even remember them not having anything negative to say about they one another really, but it just wasn't a closer thing. it wasn't a I mean, it wasn't a 20-year relationship right. like that Lisa Renna has with Garcelle or that Denise Richards had. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're now kind of seeing this kind of come all the way out in the reunion. And so yeah. that the, the clip that you saw and then, you know, the whole outburst of the first episode, mm-hmm. it was a lot. It was, a, it was, it was, it was quite um, tough to watch because this was Garcelle's first in-person reunion. Right. She had been on the. She had been. Yes, last year was her first season, it was, and they it did was a virtual. Yeah. Um, but this was her first in person reunion, mm-hmm. and yeah, she definitely got put um, in a tough spot with she's Lisa Rinna and Dorit, yeah. kind of both tag teaming her. Yeah, she's gonna um, have to come come with something else. Well, one of the things that came up was that you know Garcelle made it a point to share that someone had told her someone. And in air quotes, always someone because mm-hmm. she did she wouldn't give any names, but someone had told her that Lisa Renna discouraged the idea of bringing up race as a conversation on this show mm-hmm. because it's just not that kind of show. <laughs> um, and Garcelle let this kind of come out in the reunion, I think, in the heat of it all, and that really sent Lisa Renna into a tailspin of like, well, why wouldn't you ever come to me about this? Like, you know, that's not who I am. We've known each other for so long. Da 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 da. But I think it opens up a larger conversation, though, mm-hmm. um, of just how much of this, how much of this show deteriorates pre-existing relationships. I mean, we, we've known, and then this. how much of this 
We know um, this. I mean, because when you think about some of the relationships that have been on, on reality any TV, franchise. on any franchise, We've seen. look at Karen and Giselle, yeah. who've known on Potomac, who have known each other yeah. for years. Nene and Cynthia, Nene and Sheree. Hello. Um, who have I'm had sure, a very, you know, girls? very long, um, very long relationship. But yeah. it just brings up this conversation about how much this deteriorates pre-existing yeah. relationships. Um, for the sake of you know, for the sake TV. of television, because I think it does make it harder when it you does, do so. Absolutely. When you know someone outside of a show, and then you have to kind of learn and interact with them within the realms of and the parameters these these, these yeah. um these characters, or I shouldn't say characters, but these, these personalities, personalities that they create on TV yeah. um, can be tough. So, and not everybody's personality on TV is who they truly are. No, exactly. In Definitely. IRL. Definitely. So I think that definitely, like, tale as old as time. Definitely. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Lisa Renna. She she also threw something else out there that I really thought was kind of low. She was like, you know, Garcelle, you know, Harry, and she's refers mm-hmm. to Harry Hamlin, her husband. Right. The very popular, um, very cute um, actor. <laughs> Harry Hamlin's very, very Anyways. cute. But he kind of talks a little bit said that, you know, Harry was asking, what what was going on with you? You look so sad. You look so depressed. She's like, what? Um, Dorit also made a claim that Harry Garcelle, said that about who? Garcelle. Hmm. Which I don't believe. I don't either. Um, Dorit also said something about, you know, Garcelle needing to be relevant. And like, Girl, Garcelle has the biggest career out, out of, of anybody on, on, this show. On, the, yeah. on the stage. So, you're sitting good because yeah. have a several yeah, seats. That's just not the case. That's not true. At so all. Yeah. it was very. It was all very interesting. I'm not going to get into the whole Erica stuff. Okay. Right now, we'll wait to get into that. In Any other child. shows? But um, no, outside of um, Housewives and Squid Game, those were my those were my two big watches this week. What about you? Um. So first off, this week has been a doozy. <laughs> um. It has been. Just a very exhausting uh, week. Work has been pretty crazy and just life, you know. It has been a wild week for me, but we've made it to our Friday. I know this is not Friday when you're hearing this, but it's time for the weekend. Um, As far as what I've been watching, I finally had a chance to catch up. I've seen two episodes of Impeachment, American Crime Story. Um, My takeaways... I wanted to go back to a statement you made. I think it was either last week or the week before. Sarah Paulson deserves an Emmy. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I said that. The first episode, didn't even recognize it was her. I was like, oh, wait, that's Sarah Paulson as Linda Tripp. Yeah. I said, girl, she is acting. Acting. Yeah, no, she's definitely a, um, as they would say, a tour de force. Tour de Force. Tour de Force. Yeah. <laughs> tour de Force. Tour de France. Tour de France. Tour de Force. Tour um, de French Fry. But yeah, no, she's, yeah. she's killing it as Sarah Paulson. Yeah. I mean, as Linda Tripp. Uh, the other takeaway, I, Monica's very annoying in this right now. And I'm she's a little a annoyed. I, I get that. And I'm annoyed. Because I'm just like, first off, why are you telling these strangers that you're having an affair with the president? Like, why would you do that, girl? You want to tell someone. Like, you have friends, though. You have a friend who keeps telling you to let that man go and you're ignoring him. I don't know. It's just a lot. I, I'm in it 
but the episodes are long, so I've kind of had to like pace myself because it's just a lot to kind of take in, and then you kind of want to go back and look up things about what really happened and stuff like that. You right, know? which so, is what I do, and I told you, yeah. I was like, I have a couple of tools that I use to kind of help process the episodes after I watch them. I listen to this podcast, yeah. Slate, a mm. Slow Burn, which has a really great mm-hmm. podcast. I'm actually about to start watching something on Hulu called Bill and Monica Truth and Lies, um, which I kind of want to kind of take me through because now where we are at in this piece is where it is um, finally starting to go public um, in the The season. And so, yeah, so we are right now in the, what what was, what you could call the um, deep of it. Or the thick of it, the penultimate. But um, okay. I think, and I don't think it's the penultimate. How many? I don't think it. Are I don't think it is. I'm not sure, but I I don't think that we're there just yeah, yet because so we're right now at the brink of where it's really all about to start crashing right. down. Um, and so I think you know Ryan Murphy and the team have done a really great job of kind of gearing us up and showing us all of the backstory, mm-hmm. and now we're getting ready to see the brunt of how this is going to. Um, change this this 23-year-old girl's life forever. And that's the other thing, too. I am not the hugest fan of all of the sporadic time jumps. I wish that they would... It would have been nice, and I don't know how much this would have extended, but it would have been nice if you like maybe just focused on one or two people's storylines per episode and then find a way to bring them all back together into when things start really popping off. So, like, for instance, it would have been nice to get, like, You'll, Linda and Monica's story. I for, think like, you're going to see that. I think I think you will start to see but some of that. But so much. I, I'm trying um, to keep up with Paula Jones. Which, I'm trying yeah, to keep because, up with Bill. And now Judith Light's character just entered, and she's shady as fuck. Well, you have, to, you have to kind of keep up with all of them. And like I said, I think having those tools can kind of help you process and digest the episodes about what's going on right. a little bit better because I did have a very similar experience mm. to you of like, okay, we're well now we're in 97. Where's this at in terms of, of what's of happened that. with but events? Okay. You have to, you have to understand that it kind of all plays into each other. Um, and that these pieces will start that you have the pieces of the puzzle. Right. And now we're, I think when it goes public, you're going to see, how this all kind of comes in and like I'm how, sure the Hillary how, episode is how somewhere. the Paula Jones team is like we need the Monica Lewinsky stuff now because that's going to help our case yeah. and you, like it's 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 all going to come together and okay. so it's very interesting I think what kills me part of this is how many people um, or notable people were in the know or or part yeah. of this yeah. um, and so you see yeah. Um, Miranda Lambert, the country singer, you see her oh, yeah. parents who become involved mm-hmm. in this and trying to get some skeletons out of Bill's closet um, to come forward. Because while this focuses on Paula Jones and Monica Lewinsky, there are a number of women who I, also who had I, similar yeah. experiences. Absolutely. And so you start to see some of those things come out and they are really hitting, they are hitting the well when it comes <laughs> to trying to find these women who would speak yeah. out about their experiences with Bill Clinton. It's definitely got me looking at him in a little bit of a different light. Um, I think it's very interesting. Not so much her, because we don't get much of Hillary yet. Yet. We have not. not we have right. not had much of Hillary yet. But I'm yet. talking about in IRL. Like, in real life, I just feel like Hillary knew all of this was happening. Well, no, and I, I think that that's something that's very true. And one of the things um, in a podcast that I listened to of Linda Tripp, a podcast interview, um, she speaks very openly in saying that there was not 
there really wasn't anything that Hillary Clinton didn't know that was going on in the White House. She had an office right there in the West Wing and was able to be very uh, vigilant about all the goings on. And so I think, you know, we see a, a, a very ambitious Hillary Clinton who has her eyes on one specific goal. Yeah. Um, right. Which is which is really cool. But okay. I, I, I love the show. Well, I'll keep watching. And we'll 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 come back to this. Yeah, like I said, I think to help with the time jumps, do some of that the additional reading. You have to do some of the additional just, reading. I didn't know there was going to be homework. Yeah, you're going to have to because, like I said, it's it's really cool because um, um, it's so close to what it's so close to our time, um, and we were around I mean, during happened, that time. We were around, yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing I caught up on uh, that we definitely have to talk about: Real Housewives of Potomac. I'm caught up. Let me just say, let me just say, I I did not like Wendy that much last season because I felt like she was just a yes man. But honey, she has stepped into her own. Mm -hmm. And I think she has realized what Monique was going through last season and now has made a very wise choice to speak out and battle the Green Eyed Bandits as she should. Um... Also, Candace still gets on my nerves. Yeah. Still doing the most. Same as Giselle and Robin. I just, I'm trying to think of like, what are my main takeaways from what I've seen up until now? Yeah, what are they? Um, Candace was dead wrong for talking about Mia's mother, obviously. Clearly. Even after she found out, she kind of kept Clearly. going. And I'm like, okay, Candace, you're doing too much. Yeah. Um, I don't understand how Chris puts up with this. Do you? I think, um, like does Chris like Bassett, I think Chris, I think her husband, I think Chris loves Candace. Um, I think he that seems he puts so up, frustrated all the time. I don't know if it's that he seems so frustrated. Um, I think, I think Chris and Candace have realized where they're, um, where they get their milk from and her mama. <laughs> No, from the show. Um, and I think I think them being a part of this show and such, because, you know, Chris, I think, is probably one of the more involved house husbands um, uh, uh, on this franchise. Michael Darby's um, entered the chat. We haven't seen Michael Darby this season at all. I mean, we've seen him, but I think... He, Very much on the peripheral. But I think that's because Ashley made him be on the peripheral. I think... I think I, to be honest, and I think that that was because of that whole incident. I think it's Michael who was like, "I now need to kind of step back, take a step back." But you think so? I think what we saw last season with Chris and Michael getting into it, and now Chris kind of taking stepping more into that role. I think that Candace and Chris have realized that in order to assert themselves and be completely financially independent outside of Candace's mom, they that this show is show. going to be. Yeah they need to be able to kind of do some of this work. And I yeah. think that Candace realizes that. And her behavior is reflective of that because I don't honestly believe for one second that Candace is this nasty and this crazy. Right. But I think that she knows that, hey, I need to be entertaining and for the sake of keeping this show. Absolutely. And I'm not going to be having a baby anytime soon, so, so don't ask. <laughs> but I will continue to be nasty to these girls when you need me to. And the other issue, that's a very valid point. The other issue is I don't understand why Giselle and Robin are pushing so hard on Wendy. I'm glad Wendy is pushing back because one of the main things that annoys me is Robin like, God, I just can't get through to her. And like, you just... She's so stubborn and I'm done with it. And I agree with Wendy. If you cared so much, why haven't you picked up the phone and called me? 
If you wanted to get through to me, why haven't you, you know, tried they to really set up don't a one on one? Because they do not They don't care. Ding, really. ding, ding. They really don't. Exactly. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's an opportunity so for them. So you're going to sit here and take these jabs. And it's an opportunity for them to be able to comment on something that is, yeah. you know, outside of their their lives and where right, because Robin has what no they're story going line. on what and what's going on with them. I mean, I think Robin has a very interesting story. I don't know what her and Juan Dixon's relationship is, and it's very. Are they even still engaged? Um, I'm not sure what's <laughs> going on with them, and I think that you know, with Giselle, she also kind of got exposed last season by Monique, and, and that storyline. Oh, I knew that storyline fell through, um, and so. I feel like there's not much else for them to do um, outside of, you know, let's let's attack, let's figure out something. So we have something. several girls searching so, for a storyline. Uh, you know, I feel like this year they started with Mia and then they saw that that really wasn't going to go anywhere and mm-hmm. that Mia wasn't going to be able to to spar with them in that way, which I don't think would, would even be fair to ask of a first, of a first, first season yeah. cast member. But I think the little the little tidbits about Eddie right. um, that have come out, I think gave them enough fire to be able to say, let's target Wendy and let's yeah. get in there and see. And Wendy can do it. And that's what I think is so great is that Wendy can come back and spark because she's, she's really great. Very well. She's really great with her words. Yeah. Um, and she has, some, and she has some, she has some quick, you know, she has some little quick takes for them. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on G money. <laughs> on Mr. Gordon, who is Mia Thornton's um, husband, Michael Darby number two. Absolutely not. Like, I don't think it's Michael Darby he's number doing two. The the most he's doing a lot. I think. You know what? On I this think it's. Trip. I think it's the first time in which they've probably done something like this of being in front of cameras. And I think once they go back and look at their behavior, they'll, the, they'll make they'll make quick edits yeah. to all of this. But for me. Um, he's great TV. He is I so mean, great obviously. TV. Absolutely. Could you but, get into um? Where did he say he was like? Where's the white women? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> when they like, were like taking the shots. He's like, where's the white women at? Um, what did they call it? GVO. Good vibes yeah, only. GVO. Yeah, GVO. Or get the fuck out. <laughs> What about when he was licking his lips at Karen? Can we get I into can't. that? What just took me out? What Karen took, took me out. What took me out was Karen's response. She was like, doesn't he know he's talking to the ambassador of Surrey <laughs> County? Sir, have some dignity. Who was filming a, a Surrey County video in Potomac. <laughs> I love Karen. I Karen Huger is the gift that keeps on giving. Okay. Um, so many great things on. about that. What it, what so as of right now, just I just need to know, and then we can move on. What are your final thoughts about Potomac? Like, what do you think is going to happen, or based on what has happened? I think it's a really good season. I think, um, I think that they're setting us up for something with Wendy and Eddie. Like what? There seems to be a, um. There seems to be a light on them of this like completely like, you know, like lovey-dovey couple and like this huge support and we wear matching outfits mm-hmm. and all of these things. But Ashley on Watch What Happens Live this past week said, which house husband do you think is going to have the most to answer to during the reunion? And she said, Eddie Osefo, hmm. which makes me think that we're, something's going to come out down the line um, as we start to get as we start to get closer to it that um, 
something's going to be going on with them. Either, I, I can either see something going on with them or maybe he witnesses something that he chose not to speak on and they're going to press him about it at the reunion. Yeah, maybe that. I think also what we'll see is um, Candace being taken to the whipping post. And she because be. she's going to have a lot to answer for she this sh- season, but be. I think she's definitely done more than enough to solidify her space for next season. Oh, absolutely. And can we just get into uh, Giselle's hodgepodge house? Like, this house, baby. <laughs> can we get into a scholar coming through the door and G-Money being like, who the fuck is that? Can we get who into a scholar saying, when you get some stairs, I'll be back. <laughs> but I'm not going. <laughs> so much right. going on. Yeah, let's move on because okay. we can talk about this stuff all day. Yes. This is literally a Housewives podcast now. <laughs> um, well, that's all I had. So we can take a break and come back with Wu Child. Okay, perfect. All right, we are back, and it is time for our most beloved segment of this podcast, Woo Child. This is the part of the show where Marcus and I get to go over the top pop culture moments of the week, things that made us say, Woo Child. Marcus, you're up first. Uh, okay, let me see here. Where do I want to start? Um, okay, so let's start with the sports world, you know, because I know sports. Um... It's one of my oh, niches, okay. Go ahead, niches. girl. Kyrie Irving, the Brooklyn Nets, he's been benched um, from playing this season because he refuses to get vaccinated. They're not playing about this mandate. Yeah, and they've required... I think what the NBA has done is they have required... Your home team, your home state, your home stadium, you have to abide by whatever those vaccine mandate rules are. And obviously, Brooklyn, New York, they're making everybody get As vaccinated. As they should. And so Kyrie has pretty much said that he ain't doing it. And so the Nets announced um, last Tuesday that Irving would not play or practice with them until he could be a full participant, ending the idea that he would play in only road games. So they said, no, yeah. you either all in or you're all out. Um, Irving hasn't said he isn't vaccinated, asking for privacy when he spoke via Zoom during the team's media day on September 27th. What are your thoughts? Um, I've... Overall, so like at this point, we cannot beat the dead horse of um, vaccination any longer. I think that people in their minds have it about what are the risks associated with not being vaccinated. And for some reason, people are choosing this hill to die on as something to say, um, I don't know if it's, I have no clue. I I couldn't necessarily think of what someone's reasons to not be vaccinated would be. I mean, if you had a pre-existing condition or, or you were pregnant, though I know for a fact those haven't been necessarily proven safe in some okay, instances. Okay, pregnant? That's r- right. <laughs> okay. I was Garcelle, let me finish. Yeah, I'm trying I'm like, to make wait, a point like, here. Come on. Like, so what, what the hell would your <laughs> but, situation, um, right. he what has would be none. your... Yeah. He has not. And at agree. that point where it's messing up your money that's what i want to know does this mess up his money Absolutely, he's in not terms get paid. of well see that's the thing i think it's a little bit different those basketball contracts no they've said that if he's not showed up to the games he's per game he's losing a certain amount of money let me find it in here but no he's not getting paid that's what so. i want to know because sometimes with those basketball contracts that money is just you're going to get something regardless and so i don't know with someone who's been in the game as long as he is, has been in the league, I think that there could be a um, 
I think that there that this could be the vacation that he's really been wanting because out of that, what reason would you have to say this is not? I'm, I'm choosing this hill to die on. Yeah, this. You have you have all of the doctors. You have all. I mean, at your fingertips, you have people around you to kind of you know if there were, ever was a problem or a complication to be there and to you know take care of that of that issue, but. So this is what it says. NBA players are not required to be vaccinated, but they face more testing and restrictions on their ability to be around their teammates. The league had said that players wouldn't be paid for games they miss because they are ineligible to play. Mark said Irving would still be paid for road games, yeah. but not for home that's games. That's what I'm saying. So, but there's more home games than there are road but games, that's, I mean, so. But looking at how much money he probably makes, like that's probably not really going to be hurting him in a in a very serious financial way. And I'm not, it still doesn't say whether or not he would be paid for home for road games if he played, but they've benched him from playing all games. So if he's not playing any games, I don't necessarily think he's being paid for road games either. I could be wrong, but that's according to this article from the AP, that's what it seems like. I'm just, like I said, I think at this point now where we, where we have kind of, graduated to is that the people who are not getting the vaccination they've chosen this and yeah. they're i think it's going to be really hard to turn anyone's mind if it's not hitting his pockets financially there's not going to be a reason for him to go out and do that i would say probably the next best thing and this is even if it's that serious um his team is the brooklyn nets yes they need to go find some old head Who's been in the game, you know, like a Michael Jordan, someone that could come and speak to him a little I'm bit sure about it. I'm sure they already have. I'm sure players and past players have already reached out to him and been like, dude, what are you doing? You are messing up. Because if he sits out the entire season, there's going to be very little chance that his contract is going to get renewed and he's going to get dropped and nobody's going to pick him up because he's not getting vaccinated or abiding by whatever the team rules are. I think he'll get picked up. I hey well did you see everybody else's who's how old playing? is he do we know how old he is yeah this is the other thing is because 20 something yeah I, oh yeah and he's got plenty of time left to play so if he's like let me just take this little vacation let me sit this one out and i'll come back it doesn't say how old he is but i mean like i said Good at this child. point it's just it's it's a it's a dead horse for me. Same. I'm just like just like I don't understand for the safety of your teammates. Number Dude. one, like, come on. Yeah. Um, woo child. So that's my first one. What do you have? Okay. Well, I want to talk about our um, everyone's favorite clueless star, Stacy Dash. And when I say clueless, I do literally mean clueless. clueless. <laughs> um, she recently came out on the Doctor Oz show. Not coming out as gay or anything, but... Uh, Dr. Oz is not reputable anymore. She either. came out uh, about her sobriety journey. Um, on the show, she stated that she is now five years sober um, after a long addiction to um, pills. Um, mm. Particularly the pill that she named was Vicodin. Oh, that okay. was her That was her main wow. pill. But she talks a lot about her journey of, you know, kind of experimenting with drugs at very early ages um Mm. she did her first line of cocaine at 16 um i think she said she took one of her first pills at age eight if i'm not mistaken but uh this has been a very silent battle for her that she's been going on with a lot she took to instagram and facebook on wednesday to talk about um what she was going to reveal and she says that she's going to be sharing her deepest darkest secret uh apparently 
before her journey with um, her sobriety journey, she was taking 18 to 20 pills a day to kind of help Jesus. function and, and make it. Um, I, I find it very interesting because Stacey Dash has been in the news recently for like a lot of the crazy things that she has been saying, whether right. it was, you know, in support of Trump or if, right. you know, in support of, you know, just very. But that was all sober, Stacey Dash. Well, so there were so there were some things that she said while she was sober, but then she also talked a little bit about it on um, Dr. Oz's that saying some of those things she was saying she really didn't believe she was saying them more so out of anger. She wasn't she wasn't happy with where the place that she was at. Mm -hmm. um, she talks more about her relationship with her parents, which who were also um, drug addicts, which I didn't know. I didn't know that. Um, but she now she she says that she kind of understands them a little bit more. Uh, in terms of the Trump thing, she started walking back that that statement in uh, January after the Capitol after the uh, surge at the Capitol um, and saying that that's not who she is and uh, things of that nature. But she described herself as being a person who was sick um, and now is on the road just to becoming a better person. Overall, I can't say that I'm surprised, but um, this is so someone who's like who looks like Stacey Dash. Let's put that out there. You pull up the uh, photo, pull up the article. This woman is 54 years old. Hold on, let me look. Let me look. And she looks amazing. I'm just say, what are you trying to say? She looks amazing. Well, we've but you just it's 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 interesting. To, to have, you know, that battle going on and not be able to see any signs, anything of it. Of course, it makes sense now in retrospect mm -hmm. um, that she was going through a tough time when she was spewing out this hate. But it's also a, um, just a reminder, you never know what the hell's going on with people. This is, this is like almost along the lines of like, I'm trying to think, who was that star that had the... Um, Anna Nicole, who had like those, like the, that addiction to. But she was acting out in public. She right? was acting so, out in public, but she was, yeah, because. Yeah. Oh, the trim spa, all, all of that, that stuff. Yeah, so, no. But not no, I'm not. So, no, no, I'm not saying that, but just like in terms of like the um, wear and tear that it puts on your body, you couldn't mm -hmm. necessarily see that so much with Anna Nicole. And it's just like, dang, girl, like you, you could be going. The way that she still has been able to kind of preserve herself and maintain herself, and she is a good actress. Don't get me wrong; she she should she should be working. She should be working, but <sighs> certain things like this will derail prevent you and derail career. you. And she talks a little bit about it. She was like, um, when she was talking about how it was like eighteen to twenty pills a day. Doctor, I was like, that's expensive. Yeah, and she yeah. was like, she says I, she literally lost everything. I wonder if this had anything, if this played a part into, do you remember that show Single Ladies on VH1? Oh, when she was, she didn't return? Season? Yeah, and uh, Lisa Ray I believe was talking it. about how she had got into it with Stacey. I wonder if I believe that had it. something to do. Stacey Dash, this is, this is a quote. I live my life being angry. I was the angry conservative black woman. And, in my t and at that time in my life, it was who I, it was who I was. Um, she went on to say, she was like, I'm not homophobic. I'm not racist. I was just angry. And spewing out that hate benefited her. I mean, I am on board with, you know, when, with, when presented with new information, you are allowed to change your mind. You are allowed to grow as a person. 
However, I just get very exhausted by this cliche of black celebrities jumping out on the limb, kind of like what Sage Steele is doing right now, only to five years from now try to find their way back uh, in a sense. Does that make sense? Well, let sense? me ask you this. Do you think, well, let me, okay, let's go, let's go a little bit deeper than that. Um, because this is not necessarily, I mean, Sage could come out and say that she was also popping pills, but. I just say all that because if you said she's been sober for five years. That means the entire Trump presidency, she's been sober. So like these things that she's been saying and or doing like that has not necessarily. I think been if you went back by. and lined it up, yes, there might be some times where she did say some things that were there. But then I think also on that journey of sobriety, like it's not a it's not an easy time either. It's no, not like no, all no things are great that. and yeah. my mind is clear. So and then like, why not stay out of the public eye? Why run for governor of California? Because you have to make the money to keep up the habit. But she's sober. So I'm what, saying it's a habit. Is she trying to keep up? Well, I mean, it's either that or she's trying to stay relevant. Because like, all of these things happen within the past Well, now, five do years. you think this? Do you think that she has the ability to make a comeback? I mean, it's Hollywood. In acting. Not, now, girl, stay out of uh, running for Congress. Stay out of... that. Politics, politics does not suit you. Any celebrity. Go see if you can get on it's BT+. Plus. Yeah, I'm sure do you she think, Do you think she can make a comeback? And do you sure. think that we would accept her? I mean, I am not a fan, but so she's canceled I, to you. I don't know. That's not what I said. You know, you will. You That's will not cancel. What I said I, I didn't. You say will cut that, and so cancel someone to, in a minute. I've never. I just said that I was not a fan. I'm allowed to not be a fan, okay. but I'm sure she could absolutely. If she were to get her act together, which it sounds like she's doing, because this seems like. The next step in the PR machine, let's get you on a talk show, let's tell your story, and have some people sympathize with you, and then let's get you a job. That's exactly what Well, that's what PR she's doing. Is. I mean, that's, that's what yeah. I'm saying. So, of course, she'll work again. Of course. We'll see. She'll get something. You Ooh, know? Child. I don't know. We'll Ooh, see. Child. We'll see. Ugh. All right. Um, the next topic that I have, you know who Little Mix is. Do you? Uh, I'm not really familiar with Little Mix. So. I couldn't tell you a song, but I know it's a girl group. Okay, I didn't think you did. From Britain. Yes, the UK. The UK. Not Britain, the UK. Um, what? Okay. There is a difference. Honey. Okay. Oh, no, I know the UK encompasses a lot, but yeah. I thought they were from Britain. Uh, I think they're all from like different parts of the UK, but okay. sure. Um, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Little Mix. I've, you know, I've, I'm a girl group aficionado. I feel like I could write a book on like every girl group that's ever existed. Little Mix are British. They're a British girl group. Okay, but are they all from? Thank Britain? you. Thank you. Are they all from? It Britain? just says that they're a British girl group. Okay, so we still <laughs> point not proven. <laughs> uh, the the so they their origin is from London. Their origin is in London. That's where the group started. Because they got started on America's Got Talent. Okay, so or it's a X it's Factor, a Britain girl two. group. What do you want X me to Factor. do? What do you want me to do? I don't want you to do anything. <laughs> anyway, I'm just telling you. Anyways, um, what we what you probably so the girl was a, it was a four piece and they oh yeah they all are came they're together. They're all English. Okay, they, all of them. They all are from England. Yeah, oh, perfect. So the girl group is yeah. a is a four piece that I think it was X Factor, not America's Got Talent. It was X Factor Let me UK. Make sure you got your stuff right. Um, that they got formed on. And they went on to become one of the top-selling girl groups They're in the UK. They're from X Factor, yeah. 
That's what I said. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just double. You said I think. That's I'm just double I checking said. for you. I mean, I say that I, I know, I knew that. Okay. Anyways, you didn't know me, that they was British. You're getting me distracted. You're getting Go. me distracted. Anyways, they were a four piece, and then one of the girls, Jesse, um, left the group, and she left, and after like ten plus years or whatever. So this was maybe like a year at the end of last year or so. She left the group at the end of 2020, mm-hmm. and her reasoning for leaving the group was because she said that she felt like that she just got bullied so much by fans, and um, her mental health was in jeopardy, and she never thought that she looked okay, and she was having problems. You know, all of these things that, like, yeah, go take time and take care of yourself. Um, a year later, why do you why are you coming out with a solo single? <laughs> well, I, I don't I don't understand that. Music can be your passion, and you can find yourself in a place. But in that a, wasn't a... the reason why she wanted to leave the spotlight. She wanted to leave the spotlight because she because she was in it, and like it was the magnifying glass was too harsh, and she needed to step away. Yeah, this is I, not stepping away. She stepped away for a minute and came back. It's been less than a year. Well, she she definitely has made. The charge to come back in the way that she wanted to come back. We know that sometimes being big, ding, this ding, is the ding, thing. Exactly. This is the thing with some of these girl, especially with these girl groups that are manufactured. Yeah. They will put you in, in a, a group, very yeah. certain lane, level and say that we this, all know is, this. this is going to be your hair color. This is going to be your eye look, color. This is what you're going to yeah. do, and this is what Absolutely. you're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, and that's and sometimes it can, can be exhaustive. really hard for an artist who has a very particular way in which they want to come across and what they want to do with their career. So the drama is, why not just say that? That's not what she said. Now, if she wanted to have a soul, and, and this is not even the drama. This is not even the drama. This I'm not, not saying, like, drama. let's get to the real. But clearly, this is part of it. Let's get to the real <laughs> So, okay, so we'll come situation, back to that. Because I want to talk about this black curly wig. <laughs> So the reason why she has been brought up in the news and her and her former bandmates are allegedly having beef is because she's been accused of blackfishing. Um, Definitely. Just like Iggy Azalea and some of these other white girls. But in a very different way than Iggy. Yes. And so Jessie just recently released her debut solo single and... Of course, it's featuring Nicki Minaj um, and, a, and a cameo from Diddy. And it's a sample from Diddy's song. Uh, you know, the we ain't go yeah, yeah. when. No, yeah. it's that beat. It's, yeah. The song is that beat. The song is not that great to begin with, but that's just me. But she's been accused of blackfishing. And I'm going to read this from what article? This is from E. And it says, uh, former bandmate Jesse Nelson dropped her new song with Nicki Minaj on October 7th. But it seems... At least one mixer isn't so thrilled. TikToker No Hun shared unverified screenshots of Little Mix's Leanne Pinnock, who was the black bandmate. The actual black girl in the the actual black girl in the group. Um, Leanne Pinnock allegedly going after Jesse in his Instagram DMs. The messages, which E News has not independently verified, similarly show Leanne calling Jesse a horrible person. She also allegedly asked No Hun to make a video about Jesse being a blackfish referring to someone pretending to be or acting black when they're not. Um, and then, of course, Nicki Minaj, here enters Nicki Minaj, stepping into other people's drama, which she shouldn't be, um, gets on live, Instagram Live with Jesse and basically tells uh, all the rest of the other band, bandmates of Little Mix to go F themselves and to stay in their own lane and to mind their own effing business and blah, 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 blah. What are your thoughts? Um... It says the rapper went off on clown shit and suggested the bandmates should be supporting um, Jesse. This is a... I don't... 
I mean, we've seen this kind of happen. I mean, look at a this picture. Of times. Look at the picture in the link. We've All three of these girls look black. No, I don't. See, I don't Jesse. think they do. But I, what I will say is that we've seen this happen a couple of times with these rollouts of girls with their solo careers, and I don't think anybody's sabotaging Jesse. But That's I also don't implied. think I don't think that anybody is extending a hand to help this girl out because somebody should have stopped this girl and said stop what you're doing let's take this this is what it's coming across and let's not do that you know what i'm saying like you don't see this and that's like i said this all kind of goes into you could say very similar things and very similar sentiments that happened with um the work from home girls. Uh, uh, Fifth Harmony. Yeah, Fifth Harmony. Who, who's you black say the same, in that group? No, no, no. I'm just saying you can see very similar things with the work from home girls. You can see similar sentiments <laughs> that came with uh, Pussycat Dolls, where it's not that there. There should have been a collective. Someone in, in the camp should have said, "Girl, this is not the way to go about doing it." But she wasn't doing that in the group. That's the problem. Well. I thought you said that they all look black in this photo. But no, I'm talking about the. It's a photo of Leanne Panic, Nicki Minaj, and Jesse. And that's why I said, go to the article. Why do all the three of these girls look black? <laughs> like that's this is the problem. Like Jesse is almost damn near darker than Leanne. I don't think is. she. So I don't think the girl. I don't and think she's damn near almost darker. I don't than think Nikki. Jesse looks black in this photo. But like when you go on the live, if you saw the Instagram live between saw, her, she did look black to me. Yeah. That black curly wig that she had on, <laughs> that was a little too much for me. And I said, wait. Hold on. What are you trying to do? What are you trying to imply? What are you trying to do? So this is what I will say. This is, again, a tale as old as time. And I want you to give me your feedback on this. Let's talk about girl groups. Because I think you hit on what what it is that I wanted to say. If people who don't understand... I, I, have, not, not, I have never been in a girl group. But I have been obsessed with girl groups since the day I was born. That's all I will say. So I feel like I have reputable knowledge on how girl groups interact. If you are going to be in a girl group, you have to understand it is not about you. It is about the T. It is about the group. It is about the greater good of the group. It is about selling records. It is about being marketable to as large of an audience as you can, which means if you enter into a contract to be in a girl group, you have to understand that you are no longer an individual. I know that sucks to hear, but you are no longer an individual. You have to abide by what is best for the group. You're going to have to look a certain way. You're going to have to sing songs that you probably don't want to sing, a la Fifth Harmony. That's why Camila Cabello left is because she got tired of singing those songs. Um, these things are just, it's unfortunately true of girl groups. You know, I feel like there has never been, unless but with you can these say manufa- one, but With these manufactured girl groups, there's no... There's not that built-in sense of camaraderie or sisterhood that hap- that is able to happen, and That's, so you yeah. do see you do see things like this, what's happening with Jesse and with uh, Pinnock, Miss Pinnock, yeah, um, Leanne, Leanne Pinnock, uh, happen because there's not that built-in camaraderie. Now, Absolutely. what I would have liked to see if the relationship was there is for them to kind of be behind her, and, or at least editing her to be like, "Girl, this is." This this is not the way to go about doing this because now what they are saying is and this is a this is an article from Independent which is a uh, news source in the UK. Mm-hmm. This is the headline: Jesse Nelson's solo career launch is one of the most disastrous in recent memory. Jesus, because this is what happens when you don't have people on the team 
telling you and just a whole bunch of people boosting you up of like, go ahead, go do it. But including Nicki Minaj, who's like, right, oh, go do your thing, girl. Like, right. That's this exactly is, what I was getting ready to say. There's and Nicki Minaj is seeing dollar signs. Right. She knows that she's this, profiting off of she's this. She's going to profit off of this and it's going to do that. As well. And so it's not like a it's not coming from a sense of authenticity, but now you're begging me now you have to beg Nicki Minaj to get on and do live with you and kind of help explain some of this black fishing right. away, which is what she tried to do this past week. Right. This whole, you know, Nicki Minaj got on the live basically saying, well, there's black girls who wear blonde hair and color contacts Stop and like it. all of these things. And but they're not so, trying to look white. It's just so interesting black. to me because it's like, this is, this is what happens. And this is the, this is the dagger they want to throw every time mm-hmm. to black women um, about trying to fit in, you know, Western beauty standards, mm-hmm. uh, Western society's beauty standards. And I think we found ourselves to be in a very, very tough time with racial stuff going on, um, especially with the UK people. Especially with the UK people, because there's now that racial tension. Is, that yeah. that racial tension is starting to kind of become. It's yeah. starting to ease a little bit more. We saw some things happen John with Cynthia Revo. We saw that. some things. With, yeah. yeah, John Boyega's commenting on it. But with these with these girls coming over here across the pond and thinking that we're going to widely accept them, there is a it's a different landscape here, and you need to understand that. And what kind of shit flies over there? And what kind of shit people let slide is not going to happen the same over here, baby. The the other thing I would like to say is that that made me a little upset about this was the fact that Nikki chose to go after the only black girl in the group. And it's like, what? Of her being like jealous or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, Nikki, what are you doing? Like, sit down. What are you doing? I think Nikki just recently got a vaccination and she's clearly delirious. Like, why are you attacking? Like, if anything. Let me not say that because we're putting that about the vaccine. (laughs) Go get vaccinated. That's why Kyrie. Irvin won't get the shit now. Go so. get vaccinated. There have been no symptoms like that. But I will say, I feel like the proper way to handle this, Nikki should have sat down with Jesse and talked about this. Not go after the only black girl in the group. Like, if anything, you should be kind of showing a little bit of sisterhood in that aspect. I, I didn't get that. And then furthermore, I did want to push back on one thing that you said earlier about um, authenticity. Yeah, it's fine. These girls were brought together because of a show. But that doesn't mean that girls who came together genuinely still don't have drama because look at Destiny's Child. These girls knew each other since they were children and they still had drama. So it's a girl group mentality. Like these things happen when you're in a girl I mean- group. Yes, 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 that is true. So, but where I mean that happened years and years after these girls have been together. I mean, that I mean These girls have the, been together for 10 plus years. Oh, little mix. I don't know. Get 2013 looking up money. Well, that's not that's least. not 10 years. Or 20 2013 now, now at least. It? Now what is it? But they've been to look it up, but they've now been together it? for at least a decade. That no, I now I'm not believing so, that. So, don't that's not an excuse either. I don't see that. Look it up. Because these girls, these girls did not join the group yesterday. They've been together for almost not a decade. But when did they more. break up? Uh, so Jesse left the group in just last year in 2020, at the end of 2020. So it's like I said, it's not even been a full year yet. And here she is already back with a solo career. Like, I thought you were going to focus on your mental health. Mm-mm, I didn't I'm know you was trying that. to become a black person. I'm not. I'm not buying that they've had enough time to become. Look a, it up. What does it say? I'm seeing that they were together. Yeah, they were together. They they got started in 2011. Boom. They got started in 2011. So, they, so it's that's been a decade. But to me, that's to me that is still not 
because the way they came together, it's not that it's not valid enough for me because it wasn't organic and how they, even with they literally Child, just got put. They just literally nope, got plopped. No, nope, because in this, a group, Latoya and Latavia got booted out of the group well before De Destiny's Child like entered the stratosphere. So I don't, I don't understand I what don't, the correlation. No, is. I don't. I don't think that. I don't because feel, after I don't writings on the wall, writings on the wall. But Destiny's Child album. had been around since. I mean. Latop, they were performing as kids, as girls' time. They were performing as children. But I'm talking on about Star Search. in the public. Yes, but in the public. I mean, like you don't necessarily have to deal with this until you make it in the public spotlight. That's where all of that pressure and stuff gets put on you as a girl group. And I'm just saying that. Like, what I'm basically trying to say with this mm -hmm. is that I don't think these little mixed girls had the foundation oh, to absolutely. kind of come and create absolutely. because they had not because of the way that they got put together. Absolutely. They did not have the foundation that would have allowed allowed for Leanne to come to Jesse and be like sis let me stop you right here and this is why you can't do this and this is why I don't think we should we sh you sh you shouldn't go down this road absolutely that I agree with I get I think what I was just trying to also add to that is that if you have a group like DC who did have that foundation it still ended up kind of janky because they still had drama so I don't necessarily think foundation or not that it made a difference I think it's just the girl group mentality like the industry just treats a girl groups such a different way, don't you think? No, I don't. You don't. I don't. I I think that Name sometimes I think group. we like to put it. Name I think someone. I think we like to put it on the girl groups as like, oh well, you know, they never last. I I feel like that they're yes with any family with any situation. There's always going to be. I mean, you could put any group of people together, boys as well. Yeah, we can't. Yeah. We can't put out girl groups and say no. Yes, oh, absolutely. No, with any group, there's going groups to be situations. There's going to be issues. This, I don't see something like this. Okay. Of what's happening right now with Jesse and Leanne. I don't see something like this ever happening with Destiny's Child. I feel like this would oh, have been... Oh, like the black... I would no. Have, well, or, all... I mean, anything to that level of where it's just so public and so nasty. Mm -hmm. I don't think, like, where you get... Where I'm getting Nicki Minaj to come and talk shit on you on live. I just don't think that that kind of stuff would happen in a DC. I don't think that that kind of stuff would happen in a... Um, let me think of another girl group. Because um, I feel like with DC, there were all because another this has happened before. Like for instance, with Fifth Harmony, there was an issue about Camila Cabello. When they knocked that, the little girl off the uh, the thing at the performance, <laughs> like that kind of shit, that's dirty. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about, though. I'm talking about that there were instances where Camila Camila came under fire for saying the N word, and it had been allegedly found out that while in the group, she had been doing that, she had been running some kind of account and calling Normani and. Um, uh, other old girl. Uh, uh, her name was just a, the other member of the group. I keep forgetting her name. I don't know. Girl. Um, and say like this drama is definitely not new, and I think it only happens in like mixed company groups. Like you don't see black girl groups out here doing this. Like they, while they I still have know. drama, it's nothing like that. But yeah, I get what you're saying. It's 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 a lot. Ooh, child, I honestly feel some type of way about this. Let me. Let's move on. Okay. All right. <laughs> what do you got? Um, I'm going to, we're, we're bringing it back to Housewives for a little bit. Okay. Because we need to talk about what recently came out in the news. And so, guys, I've been covering this Beverly Hills stuff for y'all. Um, day in, day out. I'm on 24-hour watch. You really are. And, <laughs> and we literally learned uh, this past week that Bravo has now officially been subpoenaed by the court um, or no, by by an attorney, Jay Edelson, to release any unaired footage of Tom and Erica Girardi. Hello. 
Um, That's why they're going hard on her now. As we've talked about, you know, this is... Well, see, this just came out. So the reunion has been filmed. okay. But this this just came out that um, uh, Attorney Jay Edison has subpoenaed Bravo to hand over any of the uh, unaired footage of the two. Um, And in hopes, I guess, to prove... Or share something about what Evidence. the embezzling of money. Yeah. Um, I wonder if can Bravo be found complicit in this. So this is the thing. So they put out a statement which I found to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we are very confident, and this is this is from, this is from uh, Jay Bravo? Edelson. This is from Jay Edelson, who is the attorney um, that is Rick. kind of doing the no doing some of the digging okay. um, against Tom Tom Girardi, Erica's husband. So I'm confused. Is he the prosecutor against them, or is he on their team? Whose team is he on? He's not. On, he's on the pros- team of the prosecution. Okay, Got but it. he is basically saying um, in 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 this statement, we are confident that Bravo has information that would be helpful in Ooh. our efforts to recover client money <laughs> stolen Ooh. by Tom Girardi. Okay. Um, we are hopeful that Bravo chooses a path of cooperation instead of using this tragedy to increase ratings and make a fortune for itself. Um, so right, at Bravo. that point, Bravo, you—I mean, what you gonna do, girl? You—you you better hand, you better gather all of the videotapes, hand it all over. the recordings, and hand it over. I think at this point. It, it, it's looking bad. It sounds like it. Because what I'm, now what I'm thinking is is that Erica might actually run up and be charged with something. Um, if they are looking to get footage of her or any footage of Tom, that would that could possibly implicate her as having knowledge of Tom embezzling millions and millions of dollars from victims. Um, this, could, this, this could be really bad for her. That's why I was saying like... Uh even though that the reunion was already filmed, maybe they had gotten a wind of this and why they chose to go harder on her so they wouldn't seem so complicit because they knew that maybe this footage existed. Well, I think I think that it's probably to be honest, I think it's probably more than mm-hmm. the than the fandom just saying like y'all really give y'all really throwing Erica a bone here. Right. Um, because they allowed her to come and talk at length about just all that she was going through and like the girls weren't really pressing her and asking a lot of questions that were tough. And, you know, when she mm-hmm. would talk about the case, there would be things that she would say. And some of the stories just didn't add up. They would sound crazy. Right. Um, and so she didn't have to answer for a lot while the while the season was actually taping. But then when it came time to do the reunion, I think they, they said, were. we need to... We, we need to put her feet to the fire and yeah. we need to kind of at least do our part to hold her accountable in the realms of this franchise. Um, for me, what I think will happen, um, and this is kind of, this is from Erica's people, is that they're, they're scraping at the bottom of the barrel, basically, the, the, pros- the prosecution team. Um, Erica Jane's attorney, um, Evan Borges says, this subpoena is another desperate move and pylon directed at Erica. There is no hidden treasure, which we have supported by providing counsel for the bankruptcy trustee with all of the relevant bank account information and financial information that Erica possesses. Like I said, this could be that, it could either be one of two things. They know that Erica knew something about the embezzlement, Mm -hmm. or they are really trying to scrape the bottom of the barrel to find something to charge her with, because... She has some kind of implication. I think what actually hurt her more than anything was her filing for a divorce so quickly before mm-hmm. these charges came um, about. 
because she filed for a divorce like I think it was maybe like a couple weeks before mm-hmm. all of this hit the fan about Tom embezzling money, which is very suspicious. Right. Like what money are it's, like are you trying to hide money? It's kind of like insider trading. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Or is this is this hope to preserve possessions that you guys have? She basically says that she has no money. That's the reason why she went to do the Beverly Hills Housewives because she needed income mm-hmm. um, to support herself because Tom has now filed for bankruptcy. Um, and she's not going to be... It looks like she's probably not going to get anything in the divorce settlement. Um, she might be getting three hots in a cot um, <laughs> up in prison somewhere if they prove that she knows more than what she's letting on. I just think that from a prosecutorial standpoint, you don't go searching if you don't already have something. I feel like, and so publicly, I think if you're trying to build a case, in most of these cases that we've seen, they do it very quietly until they have something. And so if they are, they're publicly releasing a statement about Bravo tapes, they're onto something. Well, let me say this, because we've talked about this on this podcast before, how the court of public opinion can really help ding, ding, build ding. The, the accountability. And so yeah. I think that this is a step to kind of help bring us into the story a little bit and make us knowledgeable of, hey, well, there might be something there to what Erica, what Erica's knowledge base might be more of. And so whether or not she is actually charged in the court of public opinion, she might also have to be held accountable in some other ways, losing endorsement deals, losing her post on the housewives. Um, it could be a number of those things. Yeah. So, um, lastly, I just wanted to talk really quickly about, um, all of the craziness with this Dave Chappelle, um, Netflix drama. Um, I've been watching this for a little bit, just kind of out of the peripheral, but Dave Chappelle, who just recently released his latest Netflix Netflix special, The Closer, has kind of come under fire. Not kind of. Has come under under full fire um, from the LGBT community as well as a number of other communities in regards to um, his transphobic jokes that he's been making um, on this. I want to say I have not watched the special. I will not be watching the special. Me neither. But, I mean, number one, not surprised. This is what he did in the last special or in the Correct. last couple of specials. Correct. Um, Netflix is now kind of They've backing him. They're him. backing yeah. him and saying that you know he has the ability to make make these jokes, and mm-hmm. you know we have a lot of different content on Netflix that um, could be seen as violent or you know overtly sexual or harassing. Um, why why are we focusing? basically on this individual Mm -hmm. people at netflix some of the trans employees at netflix and those trans affinity groups have there's rumors of there there might be a walkout um hannah gatsby who is a popular comedian who's done a number of netflix specials has recently also spoke out against netflix i'm not sure where this is going to go to be honest i understand people speaking out and um wanting there to be change I'm not sure what they would want to see. If they want this special pulled from they Netflix, pulled, yeah. I don't think that that's going to happen. I, again, like I said, I don't feel like I can necessarily comment because I haven't seen the show. And so I don't know what he said. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, but, he talks a little bit about some of the jokes about how he, um, one of the things that I found the most problematic, just in kind of hearing some of these, he talks a little bit about he has a trans friend mm-hmm. um, who actually committed suicide because she, um, because they backed him. Um, 
and had and like defended him for a number of years that they received so much hate. Defended who? Dave Chappelle. Okay. Because when people started to because remember he's been doing this for the last couple of specials. Right. Um that was that sounds a little weird to yeah. me to bring that up in a comedy special. Yeah. Um and I don't think it really provides um much of a positive light on you, Dave. And mm. I don't know what the story is that you're trying to tell with that, but in all in all seriousness, my viewpoint is you are a comedian. You know what to stay you you know the things that you can stay away from. You can Dave Chappelle's made so many jokes about so many topics and has done it in a way that can be um seen as funny, as engaging. But if you are doing something repeatedly that this group has a problem with, why can't you just take the note and keep it moving and touch on something else? It's almost like he's daring the public to come at him I mean, um, and, yeah. and creating this sensationalism around the Netflix special because it's going to drive traction to it. It's going to it's drive attention to it. To and show. I'm just at that yeah. point, I'm like, you have probably more money than you know what to do with. You don't need to. Um, you don't need to speak to this group or speak about this group any more than you already have. We right. we we have your feelings on it. Great. Let's move on to something else. And I love Dave Chappelle as a comedian, and I think some of the things that he does are great. Mm-hmm. And this is now putting me in a very weird place about how to move forward with you because it's it's um. It's, it feels like it's not so much about the art or about the freedom of the speech, and it's more so about the sensationalism that you can drive. And I didn't think Dave Chappelle was one of those people. Remember, this is a man who walked away from the Chappelle show at the height of the at, at, at its height popularity on Comedy Central. He's never been someone who was about the the spectacle and the oh ah like that's not that's not where he comes from. And so this is a very different. Dave Chappelle that I feel like I'm seeing. So somebody on Twitter, kind of, and I'm so glad you said that because somebody on Twitter um, said something that I I agreed with and identified, and she was like, um, "All of this new Dave Chappelle drama just re-solidifies the fact that during the Chappelle show years, somebody was writing his content for him, as opposed to what he's been producing lately, because it's a hmm. total 180." You think from, so? Absolutely. It's a total 180. Like, I don't remember. And I've seen damn near every episode of Chappelle's show. Like, were there a couple of gay jokes? Fine. I mean, in the print story and all that. He had some cool stuff. He had that whole ask a gay guy thing. That was so funny. Nothing like this. Like, it's a total 180. And then number two, to go back to your other point about his trans friend, the reason why that doesn't make sense to me, because if that were true, and that trans friend was such a good friend to you, why not stop what you're doing? Well, there's, why, well, you know, I, let that, me say if this. If that friend is coming under fire for defending you, why don't you stop what you're doing? Well, because there are trans people that support it. And like I said, um, Flame Monroe is another trans yeah, comedian who's up. also spoke in, in, in support yeah. of Dave Chappelle and saying, yeah. yeah, like he should be able to make these kinds of jokes. This is what it is. And I just, like I said, it's a different time now. And mm. comedy does have a responsibility. And we have to do things in a different way because of it's it's not like it's a 
bad thing. Like, I don't, I think that we should get out of this idea of like censorship and we now we don't have freedom to joke anymore. It's not necessarily about that. Mm -hmm. It's about wanting to, um, uh, demystify the stigmas around a certain group of people. And so when you say things like trans women aren't real women, that's a problem. And that is, that is latching on to those age old attitudes that have, have supported people abusing, killing, right. killing trans people um, in this country. And it's, it's, like I said, once again, I think for me, it's okay for us to evolve comedy. And you who has, you are a highly decorated comedian. You've, re- you've received awards. You've done all of these great things. Continue to challenge yourself in a way. Like, to me, this is this is old news. Yeah. This is reheated comedy that you were using that you're, that you're turning around. Like, figure out, a, let's figure out something new. Yeah, I agree Challenge yourself to be in a different space and how you can bring these people in. But you don't want to do that. I'm going to say, I don't think you don't want to do that. that. Yeah. You don't want to do that. You want to create, you, you want to create the ooh-ah. <laughs> the ooh-ah You, you want to be Monique Hart. Yeah. So, mm. ooh chow. Ooh chow. On that note, let's take a break. Um, and when we come back, you're going to bring us our spill segment. Last one of the season. Yeah. So we'll be right back. And welcome back. It is time for our spill segment. And to cap off an amazing season, I figured this week we would talk about what's next. You know, what's next for us for the rest of either this year or into 2022, Trent's already giving Well, let's me a be look. clear. This, I mean, y'all not y'all will hear from us before the year is out. We will have some, they? We have some things in play. Oh, this is nice uh, Yeah, I also have some things oh, um, in play as well oh, that okay. will be coming f- um, forward. And so, yeah, no, because we've talked about doing some, some things. We did. I don't want to say too much right now. We did. But we've talked about doing some things before the year's out that um, I think would be fun. But still, I thought this was a good conversation to have. I felt like we have kind of gone... Um, pretty full force with season four. Like we haven't really taken any. We breaks. were in a pa- pandemic, and so I think that that yeah, really allowed <laughs> us to do so much. Um, yeah. And so that was, I think that was cool. We pushed ourselves a little bit more creatively uh, this season. I, I think that that's where we need to continue to go. Um, as far as just pushing ourselves um, more into what the podcast can be. And what listeners are looking for. Okay, so on that note, let's start with for the rest of this year. What is the rest of this year? What is what does the rest of this year look like for you? Um, I mean, you're talking about just personal wise. Yeah, we're outside there. of this, outside um, of the podcast. Continuing to get my show place together. Um, your what? My show place, my apartment. <laughs> okay, I can um, and make this place, you know, the <laughs> all right. Um, the, the, the manner that the manner that it uh, that I have for in my vision, I think that that's part of it. I definitely sp- plan to spend um, a large part of the holidays in Kentucky. I've not went home that much, yeah, um, and so that's really important to me in getting some time to uh, connect with uh, friends and family back home. Um, outside of that, I, I mean, there's not much else outside that we would want to. I feel like I need to accomplish. We don't have a lot of time. I just October. just a few months. Yeah, you only and got so a few months left. Those, I'm going to put those two down. A couple months left. Okay, okay. I, I think you hit the nail. One of the things I want, I need to go home as well. It's been a while since I've been home, and so I think 
the latter part of this year for the holidays. I'll be doing that. I also think I am going to take a social media break after this and just kind of... You take a social media break every year, I feel like. I, I, and it's needed. I feel like I need it. I need the refresh <laughs> again. <laughs> I need the refresh again, and I feel like it's time to maybe take um, a bit of a social media break to get refocused on some of the things that I want to accomplish in 2022. Well, so, cute. Um, what else? Okay, so ta- speaking of 2022... What are some of your goals that you kind of want to set for yourself for next year? I have not really thought about it as far as goals for 2022. Um, I, I'm trying to think. What would I want to do? And it didn't have, you um, have to, just one. Give me one main goal that you would like think. to accomplish. Okay. Um, traveling more. I think that that's Same. definitely one thing as, you know, as we, the world opens back up. Uh, with the pandemic, I think traveling more and getting out more is going to be one of my big goals okay. for, for next year. I It's so funny because we have not discussed this, but that is also one of my goals mm-hmm. is to travel more um, and to be more creative. I feel like that I have kind of entered a creative block this year and I need to get back to basics and doing some more creative things and putting some more stuff together uh, that bring me joy. And so mm-hmm. I kind of want to get back to that a little bit more in 2022. So, um, okay, so let's gravitate to the show, because I know we've talked about this quite a bit, um, and I figured the the pop stars deserve to know. Let's talk about what our transition looks like for season five. What are we, and we can kind of ping pong back off of this, but what what are we moving to? Because we've discussed kind of reformatting the show. Yeah, we've definitely um, thrown some ideas in the air of kind of creating a more focused... um, show maybe centered around one aspect of pop culture and not necessarily Everything. running the gamut. Um, uh, keeping some, of course, those beloved segments that we all love and know, or those signature segments that we all know. But I, um, I, I foresee us kind of focusing and kind of narrowing um, our, our coverage um, in, a, in a different way or a different facet for... Yeah next season so i the way you said that makes me so we're not going to say how we're going to do that or are we kind of keeping it uh hush hush until i don't i don't know i mean we can it could change i think it's i, I think it could so it, not. it could it possibly broad. change but i think let's keep it broad for now you know we can we can um share what we want to go where where we want to go at least mm-hmm. um which is more so in the world of television i think that that's kind of where we really I mean, get a of lot time. of our time talking about. <laughs> yeah. um, and so really focusing on that and looking into that lens a little bit more for season uh, five. Okay. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite episode of this season or a memory from this past season? Um, I, I feel like that there were a couple of things that I really did enjoy. Um, before... Um, I mean, I've really loved all of the Housewives conversations. I've yeah. also um, liked to talk a little bit about some of the um, some of the commentary just about mental uh, capacity and health. Like I'm thinking about like the Naomi Osaka conversations oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and some of those things. And we've had some we've had some good we've had some good conversations. I feel like. Yeah, I, I've really enjoyed our spill segments. And, and more specifically, I think and this is the second year we've done this, but our Pride series. 
I've really enjoyed doing the Pride series and just kind of exploring different facets of the LGBTQ community um, and a lot of different ways that, you know, we may not think about on a day to day basis. And so I loved doing that back in June. I feel like our podcast is always sort of a summer type podcast, so it always kind of butts up with Pride Month. And so those have been like super, super informative for me. And I've, I've had a really good time discussing those and putting those together with you. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've had some, we've had also some good conversations just about like money. I, I don't know if you remember that money conversation in yeah. which we kind of talked about money in relation to your partner and things like that. I mm-hmm. think that that was some, that was some good stuff. And then um, we also give we've been given a lot just in terms of celebrities doing crazy shit. Um, oh god! So you know, I feel like the Britney Spears updates have been a huge part of this season and very informative um, as well. So part of so, the free yeah. Britney movement, definitely. We did our part. Yeah. So um, okay, is there is there anything you would do differently? Um. For this season? Just in general. like it, it doesn't even have to be about the podcast. Just thinking about 2021. Because even though they'll be getting some other stuff from us, just 2021 in general. Is there anything podcast related or life related that you would do differently? Podcast related, yes. Definitely. What? Okay. Elaborate. I feel like you already know. If you think about me and what I say all the time, what would, it, what would be the one thing I would have wanted to do differently? More guests? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I would have wanted to have more guests it's so um, hard on the show to book um, because it was not something. It was a goal that I had for this podcast, but not something that we were able to make happen. So yeah. um, I think that that would be something that I would want to do differently, um, and something that we may be able to incorporate in season five. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But I think overall that would be thing. If one thing um, in, in a personal, um, hmm. In a personal um, stance, it's probably the the, the traveling um, more more uh, vigilance on my health and wellness. I think that that's also a big thing mm-hmm. that I want to see happen more um, for myself is just being uh, taking more ownership of that um, and not not looking at it at the lens of, you know, what kind of what happens, happens. I think because of the pandemic, I was just like in this space of like excusing my, my behaviors um, of fitness and things that I may have kind of built in or did more of before the pandemic hit um, and letting those things fall by the wayside. So maybe um, seeing those things kind of come to fruition a little bit more. Okay. That's fair. I think, um, I think I've just had a very tough year. <laughs> 2021 and like from from June 2020 to June 2021 was just a very tough year for me. Yeah, you've definitely had a whirlwind. I mean, when yeah. you think about episode one of this podcast, yeah. I think you were living with me. I think so. Um, at that time, and things were definitely in a different different uh, place for you. It is. It has been a journey, and I've made it to the other side, and there's still some ways to go in terms of doing anything differently. I just think I had, I was doing enough to just keep my head above water, honestly. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I don't think there was anything I could do differently. You know, we were dealing with a pandemic, unemployment. I was doing my best to keep my head above water at that point. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. 
Um, okay. Anything else you want to say about this past year or about the podcast or anything? I just wanted to use this space as a time for reflection. And of course it's our season finale. Yeah, no, um, I'm, like I said, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I think, um, what I would love to see is that, you know, we got to get harder out there and promoting and we need all of your help out there as far as listeners and sharing us and posting us and commenting and things like that. So please continue to do that. Please share our podcast uh, because we would definitely love to be able to reach more and more people each Absolutely. with each season. Absolutely. We need the support. Um, okay. On that note, let's take another break. And when we come back, we are getting into Fizz or Flat, right? Yep. We'll be right back. Hey, we are back, and it is time for our signature segment of this podcast, Fizz or Flat. This is the part of the show where Marcus and I get to go over the top pop culture moments of the week, give them a fizz if we're feeling them, or, or a flat, flat if, if we're, we're not. not. Marcus, we're going to let you go first. What do you have up this week? So I just have something to say. Chloe Bailey, baby, you are doing what needs to be done. Don't let these haters distract you or detract from your talent. They're jealous. If I hear one more person talk about, and I'm going to take this quote from another Twitter user, so I did not come up with this, but if I hear one more person talk about Chloe Bailey doing too much, let's worry about why your faves aren't doing enough. Okay? Mm. Let's worry about that because not only did Little Mama just get on this Tonight Show stage and produce her own beat, Sing E minor, sing acapella, give you a dance break, and give you runs and vocals. Was there a dance break? What more can you ask for? I mean, a, a small smidgen. I don't know. A small smidgen, but still. Like, I have to be very honest with you. I turned the I turned the performance on. Mm-hmm. And I turned it off. Really? I see. I and didn't. And then I had to, I came back to it. I said, you know what? Let mm-hmm. me just come back to it and let's let's. Give it a chance. Let's just watch it. Let's let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think Chloe is a um, is an artist. I think that she's an artist for sure, and Number she's one. an artist first. Yeah, I think that she is an artist first, and I think that sometimes because the artistry is there sometimes the polish and precision might not be at the forefront of what she's thinking about. But we've already talked about this. We already understand that. And I don't think that that's what I'm getting at. I, I agree. Oh, I don't think that you're getting at that at all. I think that you, yeah, you are definitely vibing with I'm, what I'm she's on the putting train, down. But I think it's bigger than that. I agree. The polish and precision comes with the more times that she's able to perform. Um, but it's the fact that she's at least putting in the work and performing. Yeah, and I think what people are saying is, and I don't know if they necessarily have the the words to articulate it, is that because the polish and precision is not there, it feels like she is doing too much. No, it doesn't I, necessarily... To me, the Jimmy Fallon uh, Tonight Show performance did not necessarily flow in a way that made me... That, it, that engaged me. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, yeah, I think, it, yeah, I think it can feel, it can feel like a lot. It can feel like a lot at times. So I will say this: I completely disagree with you, and 
We've done that plenty of times on this podcast. I think what comes to my mind is she is preparing herself. I think one of the things that you think about with a new artist, and you've even agreed to this, visibility is key. Put your, you've got to put yourself out there. In order yeah. for this to catch on, in order for you to gain that polish and that precision of some of these veteran artists that we know who are that have done it, you have to put yourself out there. You can't do that if you're not performing. Um, I, and, and I say that, I'm going to bring some of these girls into the mix. You can hate me for it if you want. Whatever. Girls like Summer Walker. Girls like Bia. Girls like Normani. Girls like SZA. They'll release a record and you won't see and or hear from them again. Mm -hmm. I think Chloe is taking the approach of I need to get in front of as many platforms as I possibly can, as she should. And while now, and while maybe I may not like all of the performances, I can respect the fact that she is putting in the work and putting herself out there. No, I get that piece. And that's not to me, it's not necessarily a conversation about visibility. I don't think that that is it. I think we're talking more so about actual the content of the performance. Well, you're and talking about I think, I'm not talking about that. Well, no, but I th well, I think that you're saying that people are saying that she's doing too much. Right. And right. And I Some think that they, and I think yeah. in ref I think what they are talking about mm -hmm. is more so the content of the actual performance mm -hmm. and how and how she is coming across. And I think that because there's so many aspects to the performance, there's so many aspects to it mm -hmm. is that it doesn't um it yeah it, it 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 feels so it feels like a lot it just feels like a lot to mm -hmm. me and i would rather her see i would rather her like let's take some of this visibility is important do all of do the tonight show do all of these performances but let's take out some of these aspects and okay. like let's focus really on so like if you want to be a better dancer and if you want to get to a place where choreography is a one let's focus on choreography let's mm -hmm. do that that would have been a perfect opportunity for her to just take, you know, to strip down some of that and like, let's get you in with some dancers and, and, and keep it moving. Now, back to my initial point, I don't think Chloe is going to be that type of girl that will just either. sing like and have some and have some um, background dancers behind her because the artistry is so much for her that she wants to be able to showcase all, all that she can do. Right. And like, I, I mean, that's a choice. It is a choice. It's going to it to me. It comes across as it, it does come across as a little manic mm -hmm. because there is so much going on. You know, you're talking about a big booty sonata, and you have you know um, we're doing opera at the beginning, and then we go into a beatbox, and then we're then we're edding on the floor, and we're twerking on the ground, and it just yeah, it feels like there's a like where are we going? Um, and so I I mean it's like I said, it's a choice that she makes and continue to do that i think that regardless of what she does she will have a backing and she will have a following because the talent is there and she does have the parkwood stamp i think it's bigger than that i well, i understand where you're coming from i just don't agree i think the world that we live in now you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't because i've seen and i'm not going to call you i'm not going to say you specifically but I, like people who've had some similar opinions as you i've seen some of you girls be on online and talk about oh she's not doing enough why isn't she doing this where is she blase blase and did you have somebody who is doing this 
and it's finding other nitpicky things like just support this girl and let her do what she wants. Who's to say that she doesn't do another tonight, another nighttime show or sh and does something completely different? This is one performance. I don't think it's anything to harp on as far as, oh, well, it's it's a, it's. So it's too much. It's one performance. Like she didn't do this when she was at I don't the VMAs. Think, I don't, like I the, that don't VMA know. performance was so completely different than what she was doing here. Ooh, I don't Where know the, if it was. Oh, she pulled out a beatbox and did that she on did, stage. So she didn't pull out a beatbox, but she definitely started off and with the operatic piece, and, she had and then dancers, she started, and then and she, she went had into a dance, a theme, and that she wasn't had a dance break. That once I once again because there were so many components to it, I felt like certain aspects of it were not polished and did not come across as polished fine and i think that because and i think that what the critique is is that let's strip down some of these elements that you right. want to have and let's just focus on some of the 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 important aspects that come with a performance and us setting you up as one of the next to come one of the next veterans of the stage that are going that is going to be giving us a, a performance that could rival a beyonce um i think you have to do you have to do some of that work, and and I think but it's going to, to she's come. Not. I'm, like this is one performance. I'm not, so Maybe she's like I take said, those I'm, notes and I'm and, and I'm pulling it from. What, so I'm telling you where I'm pulling it from. I'm okay. pulling it from the VMA performance. I'm pulling it from the Jimmy Fallon performance. Mm -hmm. I'm pulling it from. I think it was the Made in America performance where she did have mercy mm -hmm. by herself. I'm pulling it from those aspects in which I've seen her perform this one song, mm -hmm. and I like I said, I would. If it was me. I would I would want to see some aspects of that taken out and focusing on maybe mm -hmm. so maybe this one we are going to do a you know a stripped down operatic version of Have Mercy yeah. and we're going to just leave it at that yeah let's we don't have to have three four different transitions in in, in one performance we can let let's just focus on it I, it's not a question about visibility I'm here for the visibility yes be out there do the thing. I think what it's going to take for Chloe to be able to um, begin and start her journey as this going to be as this huge pop star is going to have to be doing. You know, when you think about someone like a, when you think about someone like a Doja, when you think about hell, when you think about Chloe and Halle, they they don't do. It's not all of these crazy aspects of the performance. Sometimes they're doing the same choreography over and over, but it looks different. It looks in a different vibe or setting. So yeah, I think it's just one of those things where it's it's not necessarily a conversation about visibility. Mm -hmm. I think that this gets basically down to a conversation about performance content and whether there needs to be so many aspects of this young performer who's trying to find her footing as a solo artist. Um, and like I said, I know that. Baby girl, I get it. You are. We all know that you're super talented and you want to be able to do all of these different things and really cool things. But maybe it's just that you do those. We, 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 we ration those out in a different way and maybe not loading them into, you know, a couple of performances. I, I understand that. I, I think, again, I just feel as though... And this is the last thing I'll say on this. I just feel as though let's give her the space to figure that out. I don't think one performance, because from, from what I've read online, one performance is not going to damn her. Like I don't think so either. But I that's think not so what either. people are saying online, and that's what I want to make clear is like let's give her the space to figure that out. But you She's like the Jimmy learn. Fallon performance? I didn't mind it. You I liked didn't it. mind it. You I got did. you were feeling it. I and did. You were vibing I with did. It. I okay. loved it, and I did not mind it at all. I think what she is doing is that she is trying out things. 
I think absolutely, maybe there might have been a few things in there that, you know, you wanted it to, to be scaled down, but maybe she's just trying things out and seeing what sticks and what's not sticking. Damn, she just came out with a song, so let's give her the grace of putting out a couple more songs and seeing where these chips lie before we start coming to conclusions about what she should and shouldn't be doing. That's all I'm trying to say, and I feel like we, we harp so much on these black girls, especially these black girls, like who come out and are extremely talented, but they get put under this thumb of what they're supposed to be or what kind of category that they should be fitting in. Let's give them the brevity to figure out where they want to be and what they want to do. Maybe she wants to be and opera, have operatic little solos at the beginning of every song or whatever. It may not be a hit with everybody, but give her the space to figure that out and and like you said, mesh and maybe take some things out and stuff. I just, I just want to see more. I want to see more, and I want to see, see another, what? I want to see more performances. Number one continues, and I want to see another song. I want to see how she approaches another song because "Have Mercy" is an ass-shaking song. It's a booty-shaking song. Like, sure, you can do an acapella version and stuff like that, but it's an ass-shaking song. So let's see another song and how she approaches that. And I think then maybe we can add more to this conversation about her and who she is as an artist. That's all I'm saying. But I also get what you're sure. saying. I understand. Sure. You, you weren't feeling it. So you you weren't feeling it. I mean, so I, yeah, I, I mean, I started, like I said, I started watching it and then I just, I, I had to turn it off. Well, let's go like, to okay. ratings. You're giving this a so, fizz or a flat. Um, the performance I had to give a flat. Too. I'm giving I it a fizz. Like it. I'm giving it a fizz. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. What you got? Um, I did want to talk really quickly. So... Um, while we talked about Cardi B and her fashions coming full force, Uncle Steve is on this. her ass. Um, and Steve Harvey High Fashion High Tower, okay, <laughs> is coming and giving the girls quite a okay, few looks. So, this, so let me tell you something. Steve Harvey has been coming and giving you girls looks. And he's leather. Um, Mr. Mr. Harvey was rocking a pair of leather pants this past week and gave the girls quite a show. Um, can we get into this bullshit? <laughs> In these leather pants, like how inappropriate is that, Uncle Steve? Don't nobody want to see that. I'm sure Cover there's up. some people who want to see that. I Let's don't like get a these dance shoes, belt. So he's, he, you know, and of course Twitter's already taking it to the next level. Uh, but he also donned this full green outfit, very similar to Cardi B. Mm -hmm. I think he's this was a direct attack on Cardi B's fashions. He said, "Girl, you think you're the only one that can turn some looks? No, I can as well." I will um, say I like this green jacket though. Honey, this he's green giving coat it to is the girls. He is giving coat? it the girls. Now, what I will say is that they call him, they saying he basically looks like the people from the Squid Game oh, with yeah, the green so. suit. And so you know, Twitter is definitely not is not pulling any punches. They, uh, they refer did. to him as Sonic as well as Captain America in this blue look that we have here. Um, if you haven't got a chance to, please head over to Page Six Style and check out Uncle Steve and all of these fashions. I give it a fizz. I give it a fizz. Shout out to Steve because we know what he looked like on Kings of Comedy in them huge suits. So, and now he's and now he's um, taking his stuff to the next level. <laughs> all right, I give it a fizz. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was just I wanted to give a shout out to everybody who came out to the premiere of The Harder They Fall um, in L.A. last night. Black mm -hmm. Excellence was out in rare form, and I loved it. And everybody looked great. Um, apparently, Jay, which I did not know, Jay-Z is a producer on this movie. Mm -hmm. Did not know that. And I think Swizz Beats is as well. But you had Regina King. You had... 
I didn't quite like what Jonathan Majors had on, but you know I'm a Jonathan Majors fan. So we all, oh honey, we all know that. Um, Dion Cole looked great last night. Do you see? Are you looking at these? Yeah, no. They. I mean, everybody looks good. It definitely was a um, evening of uh, black excellence Kelly and black Rowland. fashion. Um, yeah, Kelly looks really good. Um, I'm trying so, to find the picture of her and Beyonce. Where do you? Because I saw it online. So I don't have a photo of them, but they definitely look. They everyone here is looking really good. I um can't wait to see the movie once it comes out. Um, Seal, who I've not seen in years, yeah, he looks um, good. Is out here looking like uh looking like it's 1998. He has not changed a bit. Scroll down and look at Taraji um, P Henson. She's number ten. So, and tell me what you think. Karuchi was there too, and the uh the Lawsons. Taraji's doing her thing, I guess. This is giving me very much cookie with the hat. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about it? I mean, she looks all right. That's what I wanted to see. I like the shoes. The shoes are cute. Okay, so you don't like the outfit. I mean, it's it's just okay. Yeah, it's she's fine. trying to do her thing. Mama Tina Knowles looks great um, as well. So, no, lots of great looks from this. Definitely yeah. a fizz for me. Yeah, I give it a huge fizz. Oh, Evan Ross looks good, too. Um, I give it a huge fizz. Uh, what else you got? Um, I wanted to talk really quickly about the premiere of We're Here. Oh, um, yes. So that show premiered on National Coming Out Day, season two um, on HBO. And um, I, I was able to catch the first episode. The funny thing about last season was that it the last season got cut short because the one of the last cities that they were doing where it was right smack dab in the middle of the pandemic mm-hmm. and they had to shut down filming. And so we're picking up right where we left off Which in, I like. in Spartanburg, I like uh, North Carolina. And we're able to kind of, um, excuse Spartanburg, South Carolina. And we're able to see them um, after a year mm-hmm. um, come back to this town and start what they, and finish what they started. Um, couple of quick things from the um, first episode looks have definitely been elevated oh, amongst all of it Coins. um so it's really cool to see that the team has um doubled and that the looks are coming through bob the drag queen shangela eureka o'hara they all look great mm-hmm. and um what i found interesting about this one in particular um and i don't know how the the story of the heterosexual Male um, who or comes. Name, well, think. I'm just saying about the show in general because oh, okay. they did this a couple of times in the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, the heterosexual male who's doing drag to get a little bit more um, in tune with, you know, a family member or someone mm-hmm. that they have that's a part of the community. I don't know how luck. I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to do that story. I don't know. I, I found it to be somewhat. Um, to feel the most produced out of uh, out of the two other stories, the other two stories felt a little bit more organic to me. And Olin's journey from first off, like not saying anything and like not feeling the wig or not feel like you know, like not feeling the heels and things like that, and then kind of coming out as this huge ham and performer at the end of the show feels a little bit feels a little done. Feels a little bit done to me, and so. While great story, I'm I'm here for it. I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to do that that story. 
um, on, on this show. That's interesting that you say that because that's not what I picked up. I didn't think he liked any of it. Like he did it at the end. I felt he, he got it together at the end. He, he, he there his was speech at the end. I thought was very nice. Yeah, and the performance he definitely got into. But I, well, I mean, it's a performance. I think like the, he didn't even really put on heels or make it into like it was almost showtime. It, it just feels a little. So. It feels just. It feels very forced to me. And I, hmm. like I said, I don't know if we're going to be able to keep that going. I felt we saw this, um, and I can't remember the gentleman's name. But we saw this last season yeah. with the uh, black guy mm-hmm. that kind of had a. But he didn't have like he wasn't opposed. He was a straight man, but he he, had gay he wasn't friends. opposed to it. But also, I still felt like he wasn't. He didn't fully get the weight of what he was doing, mm-hmm. and I think that that, in comparison to the other people that are making these huge, big, you know, life. Um, these life observations during this process, it just, it doesn't, it, to me, it just doesn't give the same weight. And so I don't know. I, I like I said, I think the other two stories in comparison um, to Olin's story were really powerful. And um, I, that, that would be my only critique, but I loved everything else. Yeah. I don't think I agree with that. I think that he had a huge decision. I, to me, it felt very real. You, had a, because- you, had, you felt like he had a huge decision. Let me finish. <laughs> Let me finish Let Garcelle. Let me finish Garcelle. Go ahead. Um, I'm just saying that like he had a huge decision. Like His decision was that he needed to understand what his brother was going through from his family. Like He had been put through hell like from his family. Like The, the, uh, the scene where they were at the dinner table having the pizza, honey, the tension at that table, I've seen before. Mm-hmm. I've absolutely seen before because their father was not having it. And yeah. Shangela was sitting at the end of that table trying to like make it light and stuff like that. But you could just see in um, a patio furniture, which I love the drag name, by the way. A Pat was his name. Yeah. Um, you could see the uncomfortability that he had in his face while they were discussing this because he knew he already knew what how everybody else felt. I feel like and if I they felt- centered more on Pat, I would have liked the show. I would have I would have felt more comfortable but but what I, I guess what i'm saying is is that i think it was number one i think it's important to have stories like that because allies are just as important as people in the community number one agree number two watching him kind of go through in his mind and he said some of this on camera you know he was just talking about i just like people in the community are going to look at me a certain way and like i don't want my kids to have to like go through this like these are that all was a, i did not like that real i, I I did not. But I, I really didn't like that. But I understood. I, I understood didn't. it. I did it. I, and the reason why I understood it is because though because number one, he's doing a national TV show, and number two, your he, kids are going to see it anyway. That's not the no 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 no. That's not the point that he was trying to make. The point was is that he didn't want his kids to have to um, endure the bullying because number one, the people in that community. How, okay. Let me. Go ahead, because I'm I'm still not. Can go I ahead. finish my thought, Girl, please? Go. <laughs> Let me finish my thought. I'm I'm promise I'm going to bring it back around to please, a point. Please, I'm promise do. I'm please, I'm going to bring it to a point. What I'm saying is, is that him being on a national TV show in the community that they are, it's already frowned upon to be gay. And he what he didn't want were kids at school picking and bullying on his kids because of the decisions that he made. 
because his kids didn't have a decision to be a part of this show or not. He made the decision to be a part of this show to help his brother out. So I understood what he was talking about, how he was not quite sure how he was going to handle, number one, explaining this to his kids because they've never had this conversation is what he said. And number two, what were the what are going to be the ramifications after they've gone? You know, it's one thing to have all of these people come in. Let's make a big to do. Let's put on this show and stuff. But they're not going to be here. What happens when they leave and you have to put up with all of this? You're going to you're going to have to be the one doing the explaining. And so I thought that he had a really good story in that sense and how it kind of came around. Do I agree that they could have focused more on Pat instead of him? Absolutely, because he was the one that suffered the most out of all of this. But I felt like that his story was just as valid as anybody else's. So I don't think I necessarily agree with that. Okay, I just don't feel like what you said was valid because the kids were featured in the show. Right. Um, so they were. Fe- it wasn't necessarily about. It wasn't about them being. It wasn't about them being featured in the show or not because he wouldn't have had the kids at the table. He wouldn't have had the kids playing around. That wouldn't. None of that would have been captured if that was the case of what you just said. But you, he didn't he, want the kids he, to have the ramifications. But he picked and but choose for them what to he say, wanted to have. Oh, them like, well, are you going to come? Well, no, he's not going to come. He's not old enough. That was what that is what he said. Right. And so I just don't think I don't feel like that that was what it was about. I don't think that that's what nobody's saying that that's what it was about. I don't think think it was about them him picking and choosing like he doesn't want the kids to be bullied because the kids were featured on the show and the kid it's going to be out. Hello, it's on HBO and it's one of the biggest shows that they have coming out. So I don't think it was necessarily about that. I think it was based in Olin's own uncomfortability uncomfortable uncomfortability with what he was about to do absolutely absolutely but nobody's dictating that i think okay. you're, not, you're not hearing what i'm saying no i'm not because what i got because what i got from what you just said is that he did he didn't want any of the ramifications of the show and his his participation in the show to backfire on the kids and, and, how and i'm saying that that was part and of i feel like that that's not true because he wouldn't have had them featured anywhere in the show in the first place right that was what i'm case. saying is that that was part of his story that wasn't his complete story i absolutely it was focused on his uncomfortability but that was also part of the narrative and so i just what i'm saying i didn't necessarily agree that you were saying i don't know how many more times we'll be able to see this i think these stories are very important absolutely. I, I so I, I i i like it i like that we do get to see it and I feel like we have seen it from we're here already. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we need to see I don't know how many more times we need to see it. I would like to see it. Okay. I, absolutely. I, I And I feel like that there are shows that story, do that I like already. I don't necessarily Name feel one. like um Drag My Dad is definitely one of the shows that has On that Facebook? does that. Um, and that Bob's a part of, and I would okay. say, you know, RuPaul does that every RuPaul Drag Race does that every uh, every other season. Not or maybe it's not a dad or someone who's like they'll bring in like heterosexual men mm-hmm. to give them the the feel of this is what it goes through, and this is there's that like learning moment. Mm-hmm. I think, like I said, I just feel like I've seen the story so much. I don't know if I necessarily need to see it. So you feel throughout a little show. detached. And then in now. this, and just in. Just in comparison to the other stories that are being showcased, mm-hmm. um, I feel like it just it it just pales in comparison to the other stories that are being shared. I'm not saying that it's the highlight of, but you need those different stories. I feel like if you had a story like uh, Big Mamas, for instance, or the like, we've seen stories just like the other boy who was trying to figure out who, or I, I don't want to. I don't know what, yeah, don't know what they yeah, identify wait, as. Don't, don't do I'll that. say they, yes. Yeah. I don't know what they identify as. But we've had we had several stories like theirs on the first season too. But I'm saying is I think when producing the show, it might be a little too much 
if you have just those instead of balancing out with different perspectives of other people in the community because we've had several stories just like theirs i forget it what what was their name do you remember it was eureka's mm-hmm. eureka's uh Dragon. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. But what we their had name several was. stories like that too. You no, know? we we had. But this is like what I what I'm saying is is that back to my original thought. Mm-hmm. That story felt the most produced and the mm-hmm. most forced out of out of all of the stories that were showcased on the season premiere. Mm-hmm. And because it felt so forced, I don't know if that will continue to be something that we can continue to see and that will be engaging. Um, because it, it doesn't it feels it it feels weird. It feels like we take a step back when we have the other two stories and then we do this thing about this man who is, you know, uncomfortable and doesn't want his kids to see it and you know, all these things. It's just like that's not what this is about. And if I, I feel like if you're not going to be fully in it, don't don't do the show. If you're okay. not gonna be fully if you're not gonna be fully in the experience and here for it don't just don't sign up like i like just don't sign up i just can't say that that's i i can't make the same comment that you make about that's not what this is about because obviously it is or else he wouldn't be on the show so obviously the creators of the show think that that's what this is about and so i think from that standpoint we have to move forward with that because there i'm pretty sure there will be more stories like that because yeah i mean and like i said it's not to say that i'm gonna like stop watching or anything but it's just it's one of those things that just feels like okay like Mm -hmm. let's 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 just let's kind of like move on and get past this yes okay he doesn't like a wig yes he doesn't like the heels Mm -hmm. okay but then somehow at the very final at the final piece then he's now he 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 gets it now because he's he's walked a mile in his uh brother's shoes like Mm -hmm. It's just like, okay, this 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 part feels a little bit forced to me. And that's so interesting that you say that because when JLT and I were watching this, we actually thought he wasn't going to do the performance. We I, thought he was so uncomfortable no, that he I, wasn't going to do gonna it. say, get your ass so, out there. I mean, that would be a good story arc in there. I just, I, I had thought that up until he actually got on the stage, I wasn't 100% sure he was actually even going to do but it. But see, in my head, like, why even, so, like, if that's the case, like, why even do the show? If you're not going to be fully into moments. it, like, don't, just these don't even sign moments, up, baby. Though. But, like, like, these are real moments then that it, people then it, need to see. And then that's what it gives me is, like, okay, well, what was the, what was the initial drive to do the show to sign up for this? Like, what was... Maybe what it, was that? I can't speak for him, but I, I would assume that... Because you saw season one. What yeah. did you think was going to happen? That's very true. That's very true. I think, like I said, I, I, I don't know his reasoning, but I would assume that I've seen what my brother reached out to me and was like, hey, I'm thinking about... I, I want to do this show, and I would love for you to be a part of this because we've had a prior conversations about what I go through and how I feel, which they talked about on the show. And he had said that, you know, he had supported his brother, but the rest of the family wasn't very supportive. And so he wanted to be there for his brother instead of worrying about what the rest of the family thought. And we saw that struggle, that inner struggle from him throughout the episode. But I I mean, I, I, I feel like at this point, it's just the sense of personal preference, maybe. I, mean, I I I I hear what you're saying. I don't sure. necessarily know. I mean, know yeah, that. you can, I'll sign you up for his next so, drag show when Olin does the next show. I'll send you there, honey. You know, I wouldn't have no problem. Oh, I know, because that's what you want to see. <laughs> I wouldn't have no. I wouldn't have no. That's what you want to see. You want to see it. You want to see everything. Yeah, I want to see everything. See it. I, don't, I think you in real life him. we don't get to pick and choose how these yeah. moments play out, and I think how you're doing that is very produced 
And I think sometimes maybe we need to just let all of these different perspectives be a part of the bigger picture. And that is bringing the LGBTQ community to the masses and making it okay for everyone, whether it's in the small town or whether it's in the big I think city. As, just speaking as a member of the LGBT community, it just doesn't make me feel good when I have somebody that we're bringing in and that we're bringing you into this space to kind of learn and we're putting you with the top people in the industry mm -hmm. and we're throwing all these resources your way and you're turning up your nose and you're having issues with certain things. I just feel like that there's... Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't that? make me feel... It doesn't make me feel good. Do you think he did that in the yep. show? I, wow. Yes, I do. We must I have been do. watching two different shows. We then. must have. Or you just choosing what all. you want to see. Well, I mean, I watched the whole you show. Just choose, I you just choose what you want to see. I thought it was a very real moment. And I thought it was something that I've, I've seen and the, have dealt with coming from a small town. I'm sure you have as well. Okay. I didn't well, feel that way. You already have your opinion. So clearly you're giving that a flat then. I'm saying that one aspect of right. the show. I said I loved everything else. I love everything that else. Aspect. I'm saying that particular part you're giving a flat. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I did but I give the I give the premiere of Fizz because I really I really did enjoy the show. My my only critique, and I'm allowed to give that critique, is Absolutely. that there's just like I said, I don't know how many more times I'm going to be able to see that and feel okay. We should come back to this after like watching the season and revisit this discussion. Well, this is the season finale. So, but we have some stuff coming up, so we should come back to this. After no, the I don't want. Up. I don't want to talk about this anymore because you, <laughs> you definitely are a part of Camp Olin, and I'm not. I'm not. Well, I don't you like made it. it. Very clear, and that's fine. Because you, you are, you are <laughs> you very Camp Olin. Like you are, it. you are. You don't have to You are like Camp it. Chloe and Camp Olin. Who says I have to agree are, with are, everything that you, you say? Love it. I don't. Your opinion. No, is I, not no, and I'm just joking now. But like, I think, yeah, there were some things. There were some things that definitely turned me off from him, and it was just like, girl. Don't don't disrespect what we're bringing to you. That's understandable. Okay, well, we we need to y'all are getting the jam back season finale. Let me tell you that. All right, do you have any other fizz or flats? No, that's it for me. Oh, last but not least, we've got to talk about Adele. Have you, have you listened to the song and have you seen the video? I've listened to the song and I've seen the video. So tell me, I'm nervous, but tell me your thoughts. It's fine. <laughs> It's, it's, it's so I think you just woke up. You have been you've been hating on everything today. I think Adele's song "Easy on Me" just sounds. It's I mean, it's very she, similar. It's very similar to everything Absolutely. that she's done, and it almost the, even the video just feels like I've seen the video already. Absolutely. Is this? Did you just use footage from the last one, like, and just add some color to it now? Like, talk to me about what's going on now. I mean, she sounds great. She uh, yeah. sounds amazing. Of course, she has she. Baby vocals are on ten. Point. Yeah, um, point. this this first single for me is cool. Um, I think I'll. I've been singing it all day. I've been singing. Have you? I've been singing the um, what I can remember of it. I've been kind of just like humming it. But mm -hmm. um, I think it, I think it was an okay single and nothing that's um, but nothing that feels like really different or exciting from what she's done in comparison. I agree. I think um, it's definitely very similar. What I will say is that it kind of feels like this video is sort of a sequel to Hello because she was, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think she was at the same location for Hello with the wind blowing and black and white in the bushes. And so to see the beginning of this video and her leaving the house, I think it was sort of like a, so you got that part. Now I've moved on from this chapter. Why, hence why she got into the car and drove off. And now we're seeing what this next chapter is about to be. So it felt like it, it literally did feel like a pickup from Hello. 
Maybe, maybe that's so, what she was trying to do. I don't know, but I agree. I think it does sound very similar to her life, but she's found her lane. Yeah. She's found her lane, and clearly she's had over 27 million views. And These ballots are hours. serious. And so, so, like, no, um, no, good for good for Adele. I'm glad she's back. I can't wait to see what else me too. Um, is going to come from this album. I think we're going to get some. I think we're going to get some really good stuff. The first singles, it's good. It's 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 a good. Um, it's a good first first outing. Okay. Let's see some. Let's can we get some new? Let's get some new vibes, some new feels. Okay. Do you think she'll have features on this album? I Adele has never she's had never a had feature. A feature. Ever on an album, and mm-hmm. so like, let's switch it up. She let's should. get some people. I think so. Um, you talk about how much you love all these artists. Like, let's have let's them see on let's the let's see if we can get them to come out and do something. I think that I would also say I don't want her to. I don't want the features to impede on her doing something that is not come is not her. You know, like I don't want her to feature somebody who is known for doing something like a Chloe Bailey. Like that's not Adele. Like. It's got to be something that fits with her brand, obviously. And so, I mean, it would have to be another singer, honestly. Don't you think? No. I could see a... I could see a... Because if I, if I go back, one of the things I said, which I thought could have had a remix, is Send My Love to Your New Lover. That could have had a rap verse to it. No. See, I don't I think, think that's that her. Could, mm-hmm. I think that that could have had a nice little rap verse to no. it. Um, And I think that it would have given just a different... It would have just gave a it would just gave a different vibe and feel. Um, what sometimes what I think about with Adele mm-hmm. is I think about what a full Adele a concert a, a, a full, full Adele, Adele concert, concert would be like. Yeah. Um, where it's just kind of it feels like it would be like ballot after ballot yeah. after ballot after ballot after ballot. And I'm like I'm like okay, but maybe that it could work. You know, maybe it could work. I mean, people love it. Obviously. Um, but she's I mean. You know, you like you said, you, she's definitely found her lane and what works for her, and she's sticking to that. But I would love to see some features. I agree, and I would love to hear some more up tempo music a little bit. I like "Send My Love." I, I love "Send My, Send My Love." Love. I think, but not like she did like a remix with that, and like had like somebody like a little. You know, I'm not saying get Money Back Yo to come up in here, <laughs> but like somebody that could do like a little rap or something like that. You know, what I'm saying like someone like an Andre 3000, I feel like could do something really cool mm. with that. Like one of those like quirky kind of rappers that you know can kind of really switch up their style. Um, I, I think it could be cool. So I'm excited to see what else comes from 30, which is set to come out in November. Um, but really first, um, really good first, um, I'm not going to say really good, good first single. I give it a fizz. Yeah. Fizz too. All right. Let's wrap this up. We have put on a show today. What are your final thoughts? Um, I think that I am leaving with. There is a, I think I have a certain way of, um, how do I want to say this? I have a, I have a very certain way of seeing, um, artists and artist development. And I think, hmm, this is going to sound shady, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think that artist development has taken a backseat um, to the music industry. Um, and what I mean by that is that there used to be camps of people that would help and that would help mold um, 
young artists coming up. When I think about the situation that's going on with this Jesse Nelson stuff, you don't have a camp. You don't have a team of people that are not yes people, but can kind of look and already forecast how certain things are going to take place. There are certain people that have the knowledge of the industry, of the music industry in particular, and can say, that's not going to work because of this. And she doesn't have that. That poor girl does not have that. And what could have been, you know, a very, she had, she had all of the things in place to have a very nice opening. You have one of the hottest female rappers in the game on your song. You have Diddy, who's also coming out and being on your song. You know what I'm saying? Like who's got providing that endorsement for you. You could have had a very nice situation, but artist development is something that is just not happening anymore. And it's, and it's apparent in situations like that. See, I think this episode we're just gonna be combative, <laughs> okay? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna give the flip side of that. Then I I just I how do I want to say this? Because I feel like if we're going, because I too I agree with the artist development aspect. But if we go down the Chloe Bailey route, she has a team, she has a camp, but y'all still don't like it. So I don't understand where is the give and take at then? Because clearly she has someone helping her and putting her out there and trying new things, but y'all don't like that either. So where is an artist supposed to thrive inside of this artist development? Now I get where Jesse okay. Nel- the Jesse Nelson aspect, because I feel like that's more wrapped up in the black fishing portion, but help me understand where someone like Chloe is to thrive in this. Well, now let me explain to you. Let me explain to you. I don't think anybody is questioning the talent of Chloe Bailey. I think mm-hmm. Chloe is Are someone we questioning Jesse's talent. I, definitely, okay. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> what is happening? Sure. What yes. is happening with this girl? <laughs> yes. And why does she think that she's black? Yes. Okay. What What is the sure. issue? I was about to say, but like, hell yeah, we are. I, I don't think anyone is questioning the talent of someone like Chloe Bailey. Okay. I think what we are saying is, is that because Chloe is someone who has definitely been, Chloe has been Groot in the ring since she's been a to, bit child. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, her and her sister, they have definitely been developed as artists. Mm-hmm. And now they are able to flourish as artists in the way that they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what we are seeing with someone like Chloe Bailey is that she is thriving and she is able to do things. The black community, one of the things that we have always is that we are always going to back and take care of our own. Now we will give it you feel like we will it. give you a harsh critique because we love you that much and we know what you can do. And I think that that's the place that most people are coming from. They want to see they they want to see Chloe Bailey win. Um, and the way that m- maybe some people are going about it doesn't feel so much love and you know warm and fuzzy. But it's because I think people see the potential. I, I can say the same mm-hmm. people who harp on Normani, the same people who harp on these girls. It's not necessarily because. We don't like them or we hate them or we don't think that they're talented. It's that we see we see what you could be. Mm-hmm. And the this is the way, and we have it in our minds programmed because a lot of us have grown up during the time of the pop music machine. Of this is this is how you do it, and this right. is how girls get brought through, and, and so this is how they're able redefined. to transcend. And so the yeah. fact that now people are doing things that are kind of like outside of that, mm-hmm. these girls are now owning their masters, they're doing their things, and right. they don't really have to answer to no one. It's just like, okay, sis, like, good, yes, great, all of that good stuff, but let me show you a different way. Let me show you a different way, or this is at least how you can develop yourself to become more comfortable 
more comfortable. I don't think anyone's questioning Chloe's talent mm -hmm. or saying anything like that. She's definitely someone who's been developed as an artist, but for in her particular case, it's a whole nother conversation outside of what's going on with someone like Jesse Nelson. I agree. I just wanted to play devil's advocate. I just want to say sure that did. What's, what ruffles my feathers, though, is just when you have an artist like Bia that people are going up for who literally sits I don't even on know the who couch. That is. She's a rapper. I don't even know. One, I couldn't tell you who that literally, is. you know, goes on the hip hop award, BET hip hop awards, and lays on the couch and has no energy. And y'all go up for her, but then Chloe is out here. I don't even know who that is. I can't tell doing, you. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying that that's what I've seen. And then you have Chloe out here doing everything. It's like I just just it boggles my mind. I just I, I think we I, like I said. I think people love Chloe. I think people are just saying Chloe, just bring it back. Do we need to open an artist development camp? I, you know what? Do I definitely think that started? I could. I definitely think I could. I, but, I think it might be in the cards. But yeah. All right, um, let's get out of here. So that's that's what I'm that's what I'm taking. What are you leaving with? That, I, that, that's I, honestly that's it. I think you hit the nail on the head. Like I, the, the artist development and the different throws. I I'm, I'm I've been caught up on it. I've been caught up on it. And the same thing with girl groups. Like you know, I just feel like. A lot of these girls are just not doing what needs to be done. And it's like, do you want a career or do you not want a career? It's like, yes, you've seen some other girl do something and, okay, well, I can emulate that and do something along those lines. And it's like, oh, well, we've got enough scissors. We've got enough summer walkers. Like, we've got enough Normanis. Let's find something else. Let's find something mm -hmm. artist development-wise that's going to help you grow as an artist, but then also help you stand out and... That's why I say I agree. And so it's just very frustrating for me. That's what I'm taking from this. It's a lot. I'm going to get an artist development camp. That's what I'm about to do. Okay, well, we'll see. I'll sign up. So, um, all right, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Trent Rashad, um, on Twitter as well. You can find the podcast at Cold Pop Show on Instagram and Twitter. Facebook at Cold Pop Podcast. And you can find me on all the socials at Marcus Drew Steele with an E on the end. And thank you guys so much for listening this season. We've got gotten a lot of great feedback. We've gotten a lot of great compliments. We've gotten a lot of new listeners. Um, we got a message today from one of our listeners saying that they love the show. So we appreciate you. Yeah, we love all of our pop stars and those who support us. Um, one of the things that we will continue to do is listen to uh, listen to our listeners and so if you have ideas about where the show yes. could go or things that you would like to see please reach out to us on our socials yes. please reach out to us you can always find us at um, email as well at copopshow at gmail.com because we also want to hear from you and so if you have ideas about season 5 we would love to get those absolutely you guys take care of yourselves and we will pay you mm, Okay. <laughs> and give you a producer credit I was on board until you got there okay no <laughs> so we will be back very soon. Until then, you guys take care of yourselves and enjoy the rest of 2021. We'll see y'all before 2021 <laughs> is over. He really thinks he's getting out of these holiday specials. It's not happening. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye. Work. Work.